Hello, hello, and welcome to another very special episode of Sweet 12 Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Brian and Ryan are back for our 10th episode of the season, I guess. Season. We don't do seasons. 10th no, episode season. ever. 10th episode ever. Yeah, we should do that. Lots to cover today. Um, it's a big one. It's a big one. We had uh, Comic-Con in Madison for the first time ever. Uh, a sponsored a sponsored Comic-Con yes. by Wizard World. Wizard we've World had, came. We've and... had other conventions, but not a big three-day event. No, nothing like that. Like uh, like like where other big cities have had. We're, we're on the map now. Mm-hmm. We've joined the likes of Des Moines, Iowa, and... <laughs> Chicago. In, Indianapolis. Yeah, Chicago had. I was thinking of smaller cities than oh, us who that had Comic Con. Sure. No, yeah, definitely. Des Moines, Iowa has. Uh, Des Moines one. has a Wizard World. I but think that's where Shatner, isn't that where. Uh, um, close. Right? Kirk. Kirk, Captain, thank you. Captain, Captain Kirk. Kirk, isn't he from Des Moines, Iowa? Uh, close. I don't think he's from Des Moines, but he's from in Iowa City. Yeah. I think this might have been their first year also. I just, I know okay. that looking at the map and the schedule, they had one in, in Iowa. So. Interesting. But yeah, we'll cover, we'll cover the Comic Con recap and give you all yes. what we did for the. For the two-day, we didn't go the third day because there wasn't going to be much to do, but we did go for no, two whole days. Although, although we could have went for that third day and just flipped through all the comic mm-hmm. books that they had. There. Oh, yeah. They had, there was a lot of vendors that had a huge back catalog, and I could have just spent so, all day we'll, there. We'll go through news quick, We'll go and then we'll get into our Comic-Con recap, and then uh, for the meat of the episode, we're going to go through our, uh, the, our the, 12... The meat and potatoes. We're going to go through our 12 uh, favorite uh, primetime to late-night adult... Animated. Uh, animated yeah, cartoons. Yeah. Which because I'm very excited it's about. A, it's a list we did uh, about five, uh, four, four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the list is, a, I don't think it's changed much. We've just added two uh, to the list now that we're doing 12. Mm-hmm. And we rearranged a little uh, a little bit here and there. But but the, we'll, we'll give you our take on what's what's our, our favorite. They're, they're clearly not the best. Uh, they might be the best, too. But <laughs> There are some out there that are the but, best. But the, it's our favorite, right. the ones that we like. And we'll give you reasons why, as always, and then we'll give you a quick, a quick vault pick uh, for next week. But let's get into the news real quickly, uh, because there were two. We weren't going to do news this week, no, and then of course in the last things happened in the last what, in the last twelve hours twenty in the last twenty one hours two 21 hours. major things have happened uh, that'll really change the course of TV and movies. It'll melt your eyeballs right out. Of it your could. Face. It, it could be a very Raiders esque moment here. Yeah. Uh, the first big piece of news, which is something that we were going to put on our bold predictions for the year, but we decided not to. Uh, I don't know why we decided not to. I think maybe because after we read the Sony leaks, we, we had, didn't think, we it, was think it was ever going to happen. But uh, last night at around 11 o'clock our time, I was on Marvel's website, just kind of looking at comics, because of course now that we had Comic-Con, I'm in comic mode. Oh my god, it's, it's so really hard bad. right now. It, it is really bad. All I want to do is just go buy comics and put and them in read a case them and, and stuff. never read them. Yeah. So, but their site was down at 11, and I'm thinking, well, I wonder why their site's down. I wonder if my internet's not working. So I refresh, and it doesn't work. I refresh a second time, and then there's a big press release on the front page that says, Spider-Man to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Finally. Yes. After. This is the Disney-owned yes, Marvel Universe. After, I don't know how many years, what, uh, when did Spider-Man 2 come out? 2002? 2001, 2002. So yeah. after 13 years of Spider-Man movies... Sony's finally realized that they can't make a movie for damn. <laughs> they are, they're okay. They've had one good movie yeah. in five attempts. Yes. One. Actually, let me rephrase it. They've had one great movie, mm-hmm. a few okay movies, mm-hmm. and a few really bad movies. Right. So Sony essentially came uh, struck a deal with Marvel. Uh, and this is what I read last night, and I'll get to what kind of happened today after the everything. Because 11 o'clock, you're not going to get much news. Uh, so what I read last night was Marvel and Sony... Uh, agreed. So Marvel Disney agreed that Marvel would produce 
and make all the Marvel movies, uh, Spider-Man movies. So he'd be incorporated into uh, any new Captain America movie, uh, any standalone movie, uh, any new Avengers any movie. Avengers, yeah. He will be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's been around since Iron Man. Uh, in exchange, uh, Sony gets to continue to have the distribution rights to the movies, so they're still going to make money off of them. But they don't have to make the movie anymore. Sony retains, I'm guessing, probably very limited creative control on what the direction that they want to go in, but they're going to get lots of money out of this. It's kind of win-win for everybody. The geeks of the world now have an almost complete universe for Marvel. Yeah. Under one house. They're missing... X-Men. The X-Men. X-Men's the big one. Fantastic Four. And Fantastic Four. Uh, yeah. Punisher. Ghost yes. Rider. Yeah. Well... X Men is the big one, yeah, and then, they're, and, they're, then and then Fantastic Four. So they're missing the the, the biggest one left is X Men. Uh, Spider Man Two was actually two thousand four. <clears throat> Spider Man yep, Spider Man One was, was two thousand two. Okay. So yeah, so thirteen years. Yeah, but I think it's a great move on Sony. I, I think I think they've realized that that without having the full support of Marvel backing them, they were doomed to make terrible movies. Uh, and I shouldn't say I don't mean terrible in the sense of like Wolverine terrible. I mean terrible in the sense that. They just have never been the blockbuster Marvels, no pun intended, that the Avengers and Iron Man and Thor have been. I mean, uh, Spider-Man 2, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, was a very lackluster box office showing. And it was a, it was an okay movie. It, it's one of the few okay ones. But Marvel knows that they can make a better movie. And they tried to buy it years ago for $4 billion, and Sony decided, no, I think we want to keep our $4 billion because it might be a $4 billion franchise. Well, fast forward a couple of years. And it's not worth $4 billion anymore. Not quite. Not quite, no. Um, let me just get... Because they just don't know what to do with the property that they have. And it's really sad. Because, uh, whoa, whoa. We almost, we almost dropped our laptop there. Yeah, wow. Good catch. Anyway. Shattered into pieces. <laughs> so, basically, uh, Amy Pascal, who we talked about during the Sony League, she actually stepped down from her CEO position and is now a producer for the Spider-Man franchise. Oh, wow. So, it's a win for her, because now she's kind of on board with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Marvel gets to now put Spider-Man in every movie. Uh, Kevin Feige, who's the like the head of Marvel, CEO of Marvel, is winning because he has Spider-Man back. Yeah, which is and and the fans ultimately, which is win. arguably the biggest property that they have. That's their Batman. Yeah, is is Spider-Man? He's the most popular character in the Marvel universe, maybe next to Wolverine. So essentially, depending on who. On which report you look at, Hollywood Reporter reports that Marvel and Sony are exploring opportunities to integrate characters from the Marvel Universe into future Spider-Man films. One knowledgeable source sees this movie as the first step to Marvel reacquiring the rights to Spider-Man down the road, while another believes Disney is positioning itself to acquire Sony should it ever become available. So read read that one again. They're positioning themselves to acquire Sony. Mm -hmm. So Disney would own Sony. Wow. I don't think that's going to happen. But again, I didn't see this happening this year either. Yeah, right. Uh, the Verge. Disney's just going to own everything. The Verge uh, website uh, with Variety, part of it reporting, says that Spider-Man was given back to Marvel basically for free. So Marvel gets merchandising rights. They get to make the movies. Sony gets them back to, to, to distribute and put their logo in front of it. And that's why they got it for free. Marvel sees it as... Sony sees it as kind of their way to get good movies of the Spider-Man franchise. So Sony still holds the character film rights, but they're going to tell Marvel to make the movies. So, I mean, we'll see what happens down the road, Uh, but the next Spider-Man movie now has been pushed up to 2017, and it'll be produced by Marvel. 
and that pushes back Thor 3 and Black Panther and Captain America 3 I think it's pushed back now because of it as well but think about how easy it could be for them to just cast a Spider-Man right now throw an after credit scene into Ultron Oh sure. Think how easy that could be. Oh yeah. If they want, if they really want to move forward with this, and they could, and they could introduce him on one of the biggest movies of the year, it would get people really hyped to see what he's going to do next. And Ryan made a good point um, off podcast, which you know we should just start recording ourselves yeah. all the time. Yes. And, yeah. No. Um, made a good point saying that he doesn't want another origin story because that'd be what three origin stories, three in fifteen in, years, in fifteen years, and you can't have that. No. People would be so. People sick of know that. who Spider Man is. Well, if they don't by now, then they don't deserve to watch the movie. No. You could even do one in, in, I mean, Ant-Man's a little bit farther away. You could do one at the end of Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, another way to introduce, because Ant-Man's going to be a new Avenger. He was one of the originals, and they, they, they're they going to put him in the new, in the new Avengers movie, you know, I guess Phase 3 Avengers. But they could, they could do it there as well. You don't have to make a whole new origin story. People know Spider-Man. There was just an origin story no more than three years ago. So let's leave it, let's leave it alone. Just give Spider-Man a movie. And uh, I wish Andrew Garfield... I mean, uh, Andrew Garfield's not going to be in it anymore. I think he did a passable job uh, as Amazing Spider-Man. I didn't have... I don't really have issues with him. I, I think the yeah. biggest issue I he had... He played a very good is, young Spider-Man. But we like. already had young Spider-Man with Peter Parker. Young-ish. Aaron, with I Tobey mean, Maguire. He was, he was in college age. Mm-hmm. And the Spider-Man was in high school age. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, it was a different take. It's a different comic book, too. It's amazing. different comic book. It's a different story, different source material, right? So, but yeah, that, that's the that's the big news out of the comic universe, but Yeah, of they, they have not made a Spider-Man higher than a 7.4 rating on IMDb. Yeah. Which, that's IMDb is IMDb, but... Is that Spider-Man 2? It's Spider-Man 2, correct. Mm-hmm. That's the... That's everybody's favorite. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess Everybody's favorite. Had, favorite. It had the best overall story from yes. beginning to end. Yes. There weren't too many b- bad guys... The story flowed very nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was issues with the way that Peter Parker lost his powers and then got him back. That's kind right. of that was kind of weird, but right. We'll get to that in a, a completely different podcast, I'm sure. Again, yeah. uh, the next, the other big news that just came out about an hour, hour and a half ago. Uh, I tweeted it uh, to to Brian as I was uh, stopped. Uh, John Stewart leaving the Daily Show. That's I, I asked, mind blown. Yeah, I I, I can't I, believe that. Was not expecting that at all. No. Uh, I he, thought he'd be in that seat till he died. He was, he, the, the AV Club, I think, reported it first because uh, I think somebody at the tapings most likely tweeted to AV Club saying that he oh, was leaving. Sure. And then news got out and Comedy Central released a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, AV Club states that Stewart let the news slip at a taping of today's episode, telling those in the audience that he's retiring. No word yet on when exactly he's leaving, whether this means he's ending his time in the anchor chair to focus on being a serious movie director now. And that's all in caps. I don't know why. Serious movie directors, they, they capitalize every letter. Hmm. Uh, or just him, or just how much this is Brian Williams' fault. I don't know if that's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek. That should be a joke. Presumably all this information will be revealed in time. Maybe he's going to take over for uh, Brian Williams. I doubt it. He doesn't have enough serious credibility to do, right. the, to do the nightly news. But to be fair, who does nowadays? I mean, Dan Rather was shamed out. The last good news anchor was Peter Jennings, God rest his soul. Yeah. He died early from cancer. Yes. Comedy Central released a statement to kind of help cushion the news. For the better part of the last two decades, we've had the incredible honor and privilege of working with Jon Stewart. His comedic brilliance is second to none. Jon has been at the heart of Comedy Central, championing 
hate that word, and nurturing <laughs> the best talent in the industry, in front of and behind the camera. Through his unique voice and vision, The Daily Show has become a cultural touchstone for millions of fans and an unparalleled platform for political comedy that will endure for years to come. John will remain at the helm of The Daily Show until later this year. He is a comic genius, generous with his time and talent, and will always be a part of the Comedy Central family. Love Comedy Central. Yeah, love hugs and kids. XOXO, Comedy Central. <laughs> hey, it's kind of close to Gospel Girl, CC, GG. What? XOXO is how Gospel Girl ends every episode. I'm oh, sure maybe yeah, maybe but... you heard that subconsciously from Holly watching it. No, but no, we're XOXO, not... XOXO CC. But we're not gonna. We're not gonna. Anyway, that's Gospel off Girl. topic. That's a different podcast, guilty pleasures. You do. We'll do the. You we'll do, we'll do the... guilty pleasures, and that'll be on my yeah. list. Yeah, that can be that can be on your list. So like thoughts. List. Anyway, thoughts. John Stewart leaving. Sad. Very sad. Um, I know I don't watch it as much as I used to, or as much as I should. Um, every so often, I'll sit down and we'll just. Watch a few episodes here and there of of uh, the Daily Show. I I was so I was shocked when when you when you when you uh, tweeted tweeted me when you uh, texted me the news mm-hmm. and I asked you I was like I may have said I tweeted you seriously the news, whatever and then you're like yeah no he's really leaving it. and I looked it up online and sure enough the, uh, the, the the news was out so it's it's something that he he's the best sit down comic ever mm-hmm. to just sit in the chair and to do what he does day after day. Year after year, these are difficult shows to do. Yes, it's only a thirty-minute block that he has mm-hmm. to do Monday through Thursday. They don't show; uh, uh, they don't have a show on Fridays. But to to do that, to stay current, to stay you, relevant, you still have to for write so thirty minutes of comedy. Exactly, you still have to write thirty minutes of comedy four days a week. It's a tough job and to do. Every interview he has goes long, so you know he's yeah. he's he's very he's a great he's interviewer. Great, yes, yes, he is. He's a great interviewer. He's going to be missed. I don't think you're going to get as serious of a new show. When he leaves, I, th- I think part of it might be, and I was because it, it, it was supposed to just be a fun, jokey show. But more people yeah. go on, like if you watch the Daily Show versus any other news outlet out there, you're more informed from watching the Comedy Daily Show in 30 minutes than you would be mm-hmm. watching any other news program that's on for 24 hours. There, I said it. <laughs> so you, you've crossed the line, sir. Yeah, I think part of it is. Colbert's replacement, The Nightly Show, mm-hmm. is a different kind of comedy. It's more like a Lewis Black type show, so it's a little bit more serious comedy, where it's not as lighthearted as Jon Stewart was. And I mean, not to say he wasn't serious in his comedy. Oh, sure, but I don't think his show's doing as well. I don't think Nightly the, Show, The Daily Show, no, Nightly well? Show is not oh, doing as well. I wouldn't think so. No, and I would. I mean, we need more shows like these. I think they're fun. I mean, t- to take, do. Let's take a look at his panels that he's had recently. I've never watched The Nightly Show. But I've never they, they had they had they have a segment called the Black Fatherhood panel. So you think it's just appealing to? I don't know. I think a it's a different segment. I think it's appealing to the wrong segment. I don't, I don't think it appeals to any like one segment like like Daily Show and Colbert did. I think he's mm-hmm. trying to be all encompassing, which is great uh, if you want to do that. Uh, I didn't mean loud. to play the the audio. Stop! Oh, it turn it off? Oh, that's I did. But I mean, he has it's basically like a comedy news show, and then he has panels, fake panels every night. Mm-hmm. This one was a panel about designer babies. Well, the fake the fake panels I get like that's you know that's what they that might be his know, sh- but that's what, that's what John that's... Stewart used to do with his uh, with his um, the reporter you know lot you know yeah but that, that was the studio and they'd just be sad that was but that was one in one this is a bunch of people together and I think he's I think okay. it, I think it's more like a I think they're more making fun of Meet the Press more like an Onion News Network kind of thing well they had an they had, Comedy Central has an Onion show don't they or they did oh, I don't know. I think they did have a news onion show. I mean, it's still real news. O N N though. That's that's just online on Onion's website. 
No, but I, I swear that they had like a recap show weekly mm-hmm. on Comedy Central. Anyway, that's we're getting off topic, but really the, the point is I don't think uh, Larry, I, don't, I forget his last name, Larry's show, I don't think his show is, is doing as well as Comedy Central had hoped, and I think Jon Stewart may have lost his, his lead-in with that, mm-hmm. so... No, um, Colbert came on after. Or not lead yeah, his follow-up, sorry. Got it. I, I made the same mistake upstairs when we were when we were prepping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... I wish him luck, whatever he does. Um, so do I. I Maybe if he, if he wants to get into directing, I know, I know if we're doing it for, you know, 15, 20 years, but however long it's been... That that's really gonna wear down on you. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a difficult job to do, and I give him all the credit in the world for doing it. Mm-hmm. I would jump at the opportunity to be able to do a job like that for about fifteen minutes. Yeah, that would be the oh, yeah. most amazing fifteen minutes of my life to either write for the show, be on the show, direct whatever it is, just to be part of something like that, mm-hmm. and then never to do it again would be the greatest fifteen minutes of my life. Yeah, to to be a part of something that's that big was. You know, would would be fantastic, and and I give him all the credit in the world, all the respect in the world. I can't say mm-hmm. enough nice things about John Stewart and the Daily Show, and it's going to be very sad when he leaves. It's going to mm-hmm. be whoever follows him up. You're not. It's it's going to be nothing. The 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 ratings are just going to plummet yeah. because people are going to stop watching. He's built no, well, it'll following. be good for it'll be good for a, a, a week or so. But if it doesn't follow the same formula. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling they're going to go through a couple of different anchors before they find a seat for The Daily Show. I don't think The Daily Show is going away. No. I think it's always going to be The Daily Central Show. Says. It's just, they might go through a few, uh, uh, a few different you gotta get a, You gotta go through a couple Craig Kilborns before you find John Stewart. And Craig Kilborn wasn't horrible. He left on his own. Hal Sparks, wasn't he on The Daily Show? Ooh, no, he was on Talk Soup. Okay, that's what it was. And yeah. Joel McHale. I liked Hal Sparks. I, was sad I do too. Left. I do too. But I, now I love Joel McHale. Everybody that's hosted Talk Soup has been such a such a uh, uh, refreshing change from the previous person, mm-hmm. but the previous person wasn't bad at all. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they've done the total 180s with everybody every time they put somebody else on, and and it, it worked. So it was, it was really funny. It's like, oh, they'll never. It's never going to be the same again. And then sure enough, you know, somebody else mm-hmm. comes on. And it's oh, it's never going to be the same again. And then it's somebody else they fill in and they do just as good of a job, if not better. So I think we're good now. All right, one one more quick thing. I didn't put it on. I'm halfway to uh, having a second. Uh, Bold prediction come true. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we really found close. out found out the other day. Mash is now on the first five seasons. The first five seasons of Mash are now on Netflix, and I had said two big TV shows would make their appearance on Netflix. And this it's year. only February. It is. You, I've got ten are, months. You are one big show away. <sighs> and technically, we already have it with the interview, but that's that's different. If you would have that said two yeah. big releases, yeah, I said two big TV shows. Yeah, I but didn't. Now it's two big TV shows, so we can't we can't give it no. all the credit. All right, moving on. Comic-Con recap. Oh, so much fun. So we we, uh, we did the two days. We started Friday. Mm-hmm. We got there right out, right at opening around 3. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, we were there. I didn't think we were going to have... Um, I, I thought we were going to leave early on Friday because, oh, well, there's just no way that we're going to have enough time. Mm-hmm. They, they were you know, pushing us out the doors at, what yeah. was it, 8? Eight? About 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Yeah, everybody was leaving. I, we needed to stay. We needed more time to do everything. So then we got there as early as we could on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we still, God, we stayed there 10, 11, 12, we the, 1, 2, 3, 4. We stayed there for about 6 or 7 hours yeah, on I think, Saturday. I think we left around, th- yeah, we left around 4 because yeah. we got, we, yeah. went to, we went to the store and then went to get dinner. But yeah, yeah so uh, Friday, we're, uh, we can just go quickly, kind of the highlights mm-hmm. of, of the con. Um, I guess the first one, I'll let, I'll let you take, Brian, because oh. you, you, this was more, I guess, bigger for you than it was for me. <laughs> this was so cool. Okay, so for... Um, Neil Adams was there, and for no, for those of you who don't know, Neil Adams is he's an artist that was worked on comic books since comic books were comic books. He's been in Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, a uh, bunch of Marvel, 
um, on books as well with uh, Deadpool. I think, I think Deadpool. He's done Deadpool is one of them. Yeah. So he's done a lot of, of, of work, uh, artistry work for these big comic books, and we're just walking around. There's no one. No we, one. We were there, there early enough night. where there yeah. was there was nobody there. And this is our first con, and we're just taking it all in. It is sensory overload if you've never been at a convention before. There's there's just comic books, piles everywhere. And then DeLorean's there. The Batmobile from 1966 show was there. And all of these artists are there putting up all of their works. Mm-hmm. And we're just looking and just staring at everything, just kind of taking it all in, just doing a lap to kind of see what's all there. And then we were going to go through, I think, a little slower, yeah. spending time at each booth and this and that. And Neil Adams just calls us over, sees us walking there. There's nobody else there. It's Friday yeah. night at like 3 o'clock, and yeah. we're the first ones in the door. He calls us over. Hey, guys, get over here. So we go over, and we're like, yeah, what's up? We thought he was going to try to sell us something. He's like, this is your first convention? And we're like, yeah. He's like, I could tell. Because we're just, we're just walking around aimlessly with like no direction. Yeah. And he's like, look, this is what you need to do. This is how you walk the con. You go from booth to booth. You talk to the artists. You talk to the people at the booths. Or sometimes you don't. Just take a look at everything that's there. Slow down what you're trying to do. And, and be sure that you buy a book before you leave. You know, some comic book that you, you want to take home with you. Like, that's what you need to do. Buy something special, you know, for your first con- you know, comic mm-hmm. con. And, and slow down at the booths. Talk to everybody. That's why we're here. And then we talked to Neil Adams for probably about 10 minutes. Yeah. Just about his work and just stared. He had so many uh, printed posters of all yeah, the of all uh, comic covers. book covers that he's done. And I'm just debating on which one I wanted to get. And he would sign them and didn't get any, which... Mm, there's always I next think, year. I'm thinking, yeah, there's always next year. And I think I'm okay with that because I, I took his advice and I went and bought um, a... We'll get to that. Okay, we'll get, we'll get to that later. Okay. It's, sorry, it's on the list. And we'll, I went, we'll get to that. Yeah. He, and, he, he got something anyway that was just yeah. as memorable. Yes, just as cool. So, so, so Neil Adams, like the legend who's an Eisner Award winner, and he just comes and tells us, oh, hey, guys, you're doing it wrong. You're you doing need, it You wrong. need to do it this way. And and we did. We took his advice, and we talked to him for a while, and then we went from booth to booth, and this is actually kind of leads into the rest of the stories that we have of all the times we spent with uh, some of the really cool artists that they have yeah. there. Do you want to go all in with Will Shatner in case somebody's listening? Or don't you care? All in? Yeah, about what we all did with William Shatner? Sure, why not? I didn't know. If... Oh. Mm. Nah. No. Okay, nah, so we, we, uh, we got to meet William Shatner. Yes. Uh, we stood in line to get his autograph for someone. Yes. Yes. Um, shook his hand, sort of. Kind of more like a fist bump handshake. Fist bump, yeah. He had two pens in his hand, and I mean, he's 84 years old. He's old. So I understand that he didn't want to shake my hand, but I still put it out there, and he gave me a little fist bump, which is just as good. And I wasn't as, I don't want to say star, starstruck is a good word, no. because I know who William Shatner is. Mm-hmm. I respect William Shatner for being William Shatner. I, I get... I understand the allure that he has being mm-hmm. in the original Star Trek, being Captain Kirk in the original Star Trek. But when it came time to meet him, I don't want to say I didn't care. I just was, I was just, I wasn't overwhelmed or anything. No. I was just kind of was like, hey, thanks for coming out. Thanks it's for not, doing this. It's and, not somebody that you have a fandom towards. No, and you, it's you nothing not against him. No, it just wasn't. You're not a Star you know, Trek my, guy. My you're, kind of person. You're not a Boston legal guy. No. You're not a Priceline guy. <laughs> not a TJ so. Hooker guy. Exactly. So, but yeah, we got to, we got to meet him and just kind of thank him for... For, for being kind of there, being yeah, for things for, that, for, for yeah. pioneering yeah. science fiction on TV and movies, yeah, really did, really had a, a huge hand in that, and and we talked to him a little bit about his two episodes of Psych that he was mm-hmm. in when he played uh, Juliet's father, which is the show that we love, and then you know they they've had tons of guest stars over the years, and one of them was William Shatner, so why not take mm-hmm. this opportunity to talk to him a little bit about the episode, and and it was good, we chatted with him for a little bit, and that was it's still a momentous thing mm-hmm. because again, I get it, I get it. Mm-hmm. That he's William Shatner, and we just got the walk. I mean, we on Friday was the perfect day to go because there was no, no one was there. Nobody was there. He he had a line earlier, 
and then that cleared, and then we just kind of walked on 15, up. 15, 20 minutes in line? And we didn't get that. We we had like I mean, we we were right we got was, right up. It was and nice and short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very nice. Talked to him for a little bit. He you were kind of rushed because it was Shatner. Yeah. He was just signing and leaving and going. But he he answered all of our questions mm-hmm. and and we took off and it was yep. it was great. We're gonna, let's uh let's pop through this a little bit quicker. Um, I'm gonna skip over this one just in, for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. We sat in on a live taping of podcast uh, with ten minutes uh, about your favorite movie. Yay. Um, Rob Matsushita. Um. We uh, sat in with him, kind of exchanged information, kind of had some fun. We might do a crossover with them uh, in the future. Uh, they were really good. I actually liked the episode. I had no idea going into it what the podcast was about. No, me neither. Um, kind of figured from the name, but I really wasn't I did, sure but, what they were going to yeah, do. Yeah, but it was actually a really neat idea for a podcast mm-hmm. and something that I had subscribed to and started listening to some of the back catalog. Sure. Um, but yeah, they were really good. Uh, it was actually interesting. They have a lot of episodes, and so... When you want to talk about your favorite movie, my favorite movies have mostly already been talked about. So yeah. I got to make so a new favorite pick, list. We'll have to pick uh, our second favorite movies. Um, and then also on that same day, uh, we met some independent co- uh, comic artists at mm-hmm. J. Crow Comics. Yeah, uh, J. Crowther. Um, he was basically doing a pay what you want, you know, indie style of comic books. So I paid a couple bucks for his comic. I read through it; it was very good. And then he signed it. And it turns out on Friday, on Saturday, he ran out of stock, and he was. They were supposed to be there still on Sunday, mm-hmm. also. So he didn't have any other more comic books to sell. Yeah. So people were, you know, definitely buying it. Um, I on on Friday we met uh, a local artist, uh, Mike Stegbauer, and he was drawing some minions, and he had a whole bunch of cool. God, we talked to him for a long time. Um, we did. We talked to him twice, both on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So on Friday we get there. And we're looking at all these cool minions that he's drawn. He's got like a like a Deadpool minion. He's minions got, from uh, the Despicable Me yes, movies. Yeah, that's a you know who'd have thought that Universal had something big in their hands when they made the first Despicable Me movie. But so we did. Uh, we did the. There was some minions like Deadpool. Um, I think there was a Captain America. And I think Thor. there was a. I don't know if there was a Thor, but there was definitely a Captain America. Uh, there was a. Who's the guy with the? Uh, I think he had a Doctor Strange. And then he had one that had like gray, like gray hair, kind of looked like a looked like a white Nick Fury, sort of. Not, not, well, not he looked like a J. Jonah Jameson, but the superhero version. Do you know who that was? It wasn't Nick Fury. No, it wasn't Nick Fury. Anyway, so he had a bunch of minions there, and we was looking through them, and they were really cool looking. And I said, "Hey, do you have a Daredevil one?" And he goes, "No, oh, no, no, I don't have a Daredevil one. But if if I were to make a Daredevil one, it has to have one eye." And I said, "Well, of course it has to have one eye. That's how the minions are." So we chatted for a while. He was really nice, and basically, oh my god, he, he was so much fun. Basically, I I said, um, you know, if if you if you decide to make a daredevil, I'm gonna come back and buy it from you. Yeah, and he's like, okay, and we left and did some other things. Uh, we get back on Saturday. He's mm-hmm. still there, you know, drawing uh, some other things because he was commissioned to do so. And it yes, was, it was a very big Silver Surfer and uh, Thanos. Thanos, yeah, that he was working on, which turned out great. He posted it on yeah. his Twitter afterward. Yeah, so I go back to him and I said, "Hey, uh, did you do your, that Daredevil yet?" And he goes, "No, I've been busy working on these commissions." And I completely forgot that he did a commission. He's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you work on commissions?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I said, "Would you be able to do a Daredevil and an Electra mm-hmm. minions for me?" And he did it for me, and it was awesome. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. It's really cool. I'm definitely hanging that up. So thank you, uh, Mike, for that one. If you're listening, that was fantastic. Yes. Um, I followed him on Twitter, so I knew when he was doing new pictures and stuff. He was really, really cool. Yeah, it seems like it doesn't take him very long to do it either. Like, and that's great though. He's, he's just, just got so it good. Down. Yeah. The Thanos and the the. The Silver Surfer were more comic realistic. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, they were really nice. Really good. That was totally different than the minions. Yeah. Which, not to say that doesn't take Oh, he had, a Vel- he had a Velma yeah. minion also. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so he was really cool. Um, uh, kind of a off tra- uh, topic here. Not off topic. Still on topic with artwork. Uh, Chad Tura 
uh, this guy mm-hmm. uh, created a deck of cards, and each card is uniquely drawn to be a different comic book uh, pop culture reference. Yes. And the cards are a little hard to read, but they all look, the artwork on them is just The artwork is fantastic. fantastic. You, you just want to keep these just to show off because of the artwork. So he, he also uh, drew uh, prints for each of the card mm-hmm. faces, so uh, he was signing those and, and handing those out too if you bought the, the card deck. So I got, uh, I think it's three of hearts, and it was Indiana Jones and... Han Solo. And Han Solo. Uh, yeah, Han Solo and Indiana Jones as the three. Uh, and like one, uh, just Indy silhouettes. was silhouettes and yeah. Han was, was in the foreground. It was really yeah. cool looking, so yeah. that was really neat. Uh, we spent the better half of both of those days looking for a Pop Funko Marshmallow Man from Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, and I, I really liked how it looked, because I didn't know they did one of those, and it's slightly larger than the other, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's a jumbo the other vinyl dolls that they have, and I really liked it because, and I only wanted the Happy Face one, because they have two, they have one where he's all burnt up after he got blasted with the proton pack from the Ghostbusters in the movie, but the one is the normal one where he's got the big happy smiley face on, which is the cheaper one, I could just, and we spent all all Friday looking for one because there was four boots I think that had one there's a lot of boots that had Funko Pops yeah. four had the marshmallow ones and only two, two had the ones with the happy face which is the one mm-hmm. that I wanted so I wanted the happy face one and I never got around to buying it because then I just started talking myself out of it but god we spent a lot of time and I just I held it in my yeah. hands and it looks so cool and now I'm just kind of like kicking myself for not getting well, it see, so maybe I'll have to get it on you'll Amazon have to, now. you'll have to get it and then just put it at your desk and, yeah and maybe t- I will tweet out yeah it was marshmallow man so cool and i love because like the dolls are cool and everything and Mm -hmm. i I understand their appeal but it's really tough for that form to have like a batman or a green lantern Mm -hmm. because they're not you know they're not funny little dolls but the stay puff marshmallow man is Mm -hmm. so to me that style works so well with the stay puff marshmallow man basically there's only two that I could think of that would look really cool in the theme of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. You got Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and then you got Baymax from Big Hero Six, the other big white. Yes, the current big white. Yeah, thing blob on the movies. Yes, yeah. So we've got uh, three three big highlights, and then we're going to end with a not so highlight, a low light, I suppose. <laughs> a low light. So first off, I want to give huge thanks to the guys at uh, Pop uh, Pulp Culture Comics and Collectibles in Beaver Dam. Yes, I think we spent the most time at his comic. Boy. At his yeah, comic really uh, stand, mm-hmm. his booth. I mean, he had about the same amount. Of, he had about the same amount of comics as anybody else. Mm-hmm. But he the, dealt solely in signed copies. Not of solely. Comics. He he had there was a there was a couple. he brought his whole signed collection yes. with him. Yes, but Thank he you. did have a lot of other comics. I, I think I think we visited his stand last actually, and it wasn't based because we weren't. We didn't want to go there. It was just that he was kind of in the corner. Right. And so we went everywhere else just kind of just browsing at comics. And then we stopped at his booth and he was really nice. Oh, yeah. And he All starts... he wanted to do was just talk about comics and it was just the perfect place and to do it. And so we started talking and then I decided that I was going to start getting uh, comics because I hadn't purchased any comics. I think I think, I think think this weekend I went from zero comics. I went from one comic because I had the first Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I went from having one comic to having eh, probably twenty now. Yeah, yeah, you went you went nuts this last week. <laughs> but but I you know I collected some of the reboots of the Daredevil and Electras, and we talked to him for a long time, and mm-hmm. we got on this conversation about uh, Brian's uh, favorite uh, comic uh, book character, a Green Lantern. Yes, and specifically the Kyle Rayner version, Kyle not Rayner. the Hal Jordan. So in anybody, not Hal Jordan. Anybody, and I shouldn't say anybody. A lot of people you talk to like Hal Jordan, just because he's, he's the most. He's the main guy. Yeah. It's, he's the main You can guy. tell the story, because yeah. I'm not a okay. Green Lantern no, that's guy. that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So, one of my favorite all-time comic characters is a Green Lantern, but it's the Kyle Rayner version. The And I think it's because of the Silver Age, the, the 70s, just killed Hal Jordan. He got to be this bumbling 
stupid idiot. And I think there's a, even a Tumblr out there with uh, different panels from different issues that just shows how many times he's knocked himself out unconscious and he just hits himself <laughs> in the head. So he's just he's just this idiot douche pushover kind of wuss character. He pulled a Homer Simpson. Yeah, exactly. And so when it comes down to it, you know, I just I just really care about Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. He does nothing for me. And so in 1984, um, Hal Jordan kind of became the villain. And he got, uh, um, I mean, long story short, you know, he's the villain yeah. now. And Kyle impress, Rayner. Yeah, impress the story. I know, I'm going to have to. <laughs> so in 1994, um, Kyle Rayner comes into the picture as the fourth Green Lantern of Earth. And he's the only Green Lantern for many years uh, until um, everybody kind of gets rebooted and, you know, Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. In true comic but book I just, fashion, exactly. In true comic book fashion. So I just, I really like the Kyle Rayner version <clears throat> better. I thought he was the better Green Lantern. I thought mm-hmm. he was. Uh, um, he suffered a lot more than Hal Jordan did to kind of give you that will to fight, to to not want to give up. Wasn't that the Green Power? Is the power of will? The power of will is, is is the Green Power Ring. Yes. And so, and he's an artist, so he has the better tools. He's more of a creative mind. So he fights with mech warriors instead of giant punch fists. That's the only thing that Hal Jordan <laughs> can come up with. And cars. <laughs> you know, so, so he fights with, with more creativity uh, in his battles with, when he's, um, you know, constructing mm-hmm. these, these uh, weapons with his, with his power sure. ring. So, so that's why I like Kyle Rayner. And we were talking with um, the guys over at Pop Culture Comics and... We kind of came up and was like, yeah, well, I'm kind of interested in comics. Do you have any signed, you know, uh, you know, Kyle Rayner? Really, just sort early... of any, with any Kyle Rayner. Yeah, do you have any early Kyle Rayner stuff? Because I really kind of want to, you know, get, uh, not necessarily his origin, but the where, where it kind of turns the corner and it's his and it's his comic book now. Because in the first couple, he's in there, but it's with Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. So after that, he just kind of goes out on his own and does, you know, fights Mongol and Superman comes in and, you know, introduces and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I really wanted those early ones because they're really cool. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, he just runs right over to his box, flips right to the point, and starts pulling out all these Kyle Rayner ones, which are signed by the writer Ron Mars, which mm-hmm. was really cool for me because, you know, I'm kind of an, I don't want to say yeah. an autograph hound, but it just adds something special to the book. It makes it more personal for it you. Does. You're like, oh, he... The, the... Like, the, the writer signed mm-hmm. this book, the author of the book. So it was really cool that we started talking about that, and I was like, yeah, I only want Kyle Rayner because Hal Jordan's sucks he just doesn't do anything for me and he just turns and looks right at me and goes hal jordan does suck mm-hmm. and so we kind of had this kinship yeah, right yeah, then and there of just, a nerd bomb yeah, right there how much hal jordan is just the worst and we came back the next day just to kind of check in on him see you know what other comics he had and kind of said yeah and i said hey hal jordan sucks he's like hal jordan still sucks and he goes oh someone came in the other day after you guys left and they said how much they like Hal Jordan. I had to stop listening to him because <laughs> I don't think Hal Jordan's any good. So it was great. It was a nice little bonding moment yeah. in the in the comic booth. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was fun. I spent. I think I gave him all my money. Yeah. Not all of it, but yeah. I'll take the next one. We're gonna uh, gonna have to hurry this up a little bit. Yeah, um, right. I'm gonna talk a little bit about Tom Cook. Um, yes, because that's my story oh. from the comic convention. He's so cool. Um, so Tom Cook again for the people who don't know, uh, character designer. Uh, animator for Hanna-Barbera and then eventually for Filmation. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked on He-Man, Thundar... Uh, Thundar. Thundar, Brave Star. Super Friends. She-Ra, Super Friends. Uh, various others. Smurfs. Smurfs Jetsons movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. He did a lot. Um, uh, anyway, off topic. Um, so we're talking to him. He's Again, Nobody's. this is Friday. Nobody's at his at his booth at all. So we go up to him. He's uh, he's drawing some some prints that... I mean, he's actually physically drawing prints at the moment, so he's, yeah. he's selling those. Um, so we're talking to him, asking him about all these shows and how much fun it was, and he gives us 
you know, he's very nice talking back. And he says, you know, every con I go to, everybody asks the same question. So I started just giving all the answers. Yes, yes. No, no. Yes. Thundar, Pinky in the Brain. Yeah. <laughs> and that basically, I don't know what the yes and no answers were, right. but Thundar is the favorite one he worked on and Pinky the Brain is the one he wished that he worked on. Mm-hmm. So we were talking and I think we got a little bit off track on certain things and I'm holding this this print of all the super friends mm-hmm. and Brian's uh, Brian kind of says oh you did you did the super friends yeah and I had said yeah Brian he, he kind of told us that he's drawing Batman right now yeah totally so, oblivious to what he's drawing so so Brian looks down and goes no he's drawing Superman Ryan got confused and so Tom Cook bless him uh, without missing a beat says well you know it could very well be Batman just in Superman's clothes uh, clothing you'd never know the difference because they all have the same chin which is so true when you go back and look at they all the original the same art chin. the only thing that uh, uh made them different was either a their hair color or b the uniform that they mm-hmm. were wearing so i we had a good laugh about that and he finished up the picture and he he signed it for me because I, I had to get it then just because mm-hmm. of that story and then at mm-hmm. the top he puts in quotes batman with a question mark so i can always tell <laughs> so that story be, and remember it because you never know it could be batman yeah. so that was really awesome and he went to his panel on saturday and he just kind of gave a nice history of what he has done in the it animation was so cool just to see what they did and how mm-hmm. you know back in the 80s with all of these yeah. all these shows that i don't want to give away the and whole the, and the fun story of yeah. he-man and the fun story yeah. of whatever the last one he was that he worked on so that was, oh, yeah he did rover great. dangerfield yes and, yeah 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 i don't want to give away his whole spiel if you ever go listen to him because it's yeah. quite quite it's, it's worth it yeah. it's, we can't do the story justice no uh and then finally uh we got to meet one of our favorite actors mm-hmm. um he's I, I wouldn't say he's top 10 but easily top 20 no top he's up he's, just because of the movies and because of what he had to overcome yeah the movies and everything jason muse uh jay from the any of the kevin smith movies yeah the jay and silent bob he's, the, he's, he's a, a jay, jay and silent bob he uh we got to meet him uh, we, I, I got a, I got a couple signatures, uh, for some people. Got a cool and picture with them too. Yeah. We, the, the picture was worth it to us, but the conversation was even more worth it. Yeah, it was. He was, he we was, had, we had hours we if, had, if we wanted we to. We had ample there time was, to speak to him. There was no rush. There was a line, mm-hmm. but when everybody got, everybody got their turn with Jason Mewes and he didn't care. He would post for as many pictures and he would sign everything and he'd look you dead in the eye when he's talking to you. Mm-hmm. He's interested about what you have to say and he's, you know, and you're interested about what he has to say. He, he doesn't, you know, there's no yes and no answers. He just goes into full detail and he thought about it. Like well, we every question yeah. that we answered. And we didn't ask a yes yeah. or no question. And no. that's, that's well, one thing you got to sure. do with con people is you don't, don't ask the generic questions because they right. get those every day. Who cares? Right. Bruce Campbell did an interview with one of the local stations and said he just doesn't or maybe not a local station, but he did an interview saying that he just doesn't like going to conventions when all people ask are questions or they come up to him and kind of gog over him. Oh, you're my favorite. I sure. love all your movies. I'm your best fan. Mm-hmm. You got to ask him some tough questions or give him something to think about. Mm-hmm. So we, we, you know, we first, first Brian, you know, thanked him and, and said, you know, asked him how long he's been clean for, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. been clean for four and a half years. So that's amazing. Which is, which is fantastic. If anybody uh, wants to catch up on that story, uh, Kevin Smith's blog. Kevin, yes, uh, check about that four out. years ago. Yeah, about four years ago, four and a half years ago. Now uh, he kind of starts going into the story of uh, Jason's uh, struggle with uh, heroin it's, and it's, it's basic, addiction. It's basically a eulogy, almost. Basically, it, it reads like a eulogy because yeah. he just can't. He Kevin Smith just couldn't take it anymore. He, yeah. he he's tried and tried, and he cut, had to cut him out of his life in order for anything mm-hmm. to happen. But he's been clean. He's going on five years now in July. That's, that's so fantastic, and it's great to hear that from him. He says that he stays off of the off the stuff by having lots of Red Bull and cigarettes. So mm-hmm. that's great. Whatever works. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then we asked him what uh, I asked him. You know, which movie did he enjoy working on more? Uh, Clerks two, mm-hmm. or Zach and Miri uh, make a porno. Mm-hmm. And he thinks about it, and his publicist, I think, I'm guessing, also is, is one of his good friends was there mm-hmm. and he's thinking about it and he go and his publicist uh, kind of whispers to jay you know you were with uh kate when you were filming uh zach, zach and mary. mary 
uh, which I'm guessing is his wife now. Or girlfriend. Well, he's married. He's got a ring on. Does he? Okay, yeah. I didn't notice. Um, so then he goes, yeah, that was good because he was starting to get clean at the time. He didn't fully get clean until mm-hmm. after the movie. But mm-hmm. so then he goes, but I kind of liked Clerks too because when we were filming the movie, we were all in this big kind of communal area. We all we all yeah, kind of shared like lunches and dinners. Yeah. And we shared cabins. Uh, and, you know, we had lots of fun. And then he says, I got to have a lot of hanky-panky, if you know what I mean. <laughs> patty cake. Or patty cake, if you know because what I mean. He, he saw a kid in line that was next to kind of get the autograph. And he... It wasn't... The, yeah, probably his parents were going to get the yeah, autograph. Yeah, exactly. But there's, you know, there's a younger kid, 10, 8 years old. And he just kind of stopped to play a lot of patty cake, if, if you, you know, know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it was really funny. He, just, he was he just was, that aware to know that he really shouldn't he, be. He took an awesome picture yeah. that we tweeted out. But, yeah. you know, he definitely made the con... Way better than, we, we had memorable experiences yes. before that. Everything that we had memories of took place on Friday. Mm-hmm. This was a great Saturday yes. uh, memory. Yes. Uh, and then, like I said, we're going to end with one. Um, quickly here, we're going to end with one kind of weird, sleazy thing. Oh, and he was wearing a Ravensoft shirt. He was. He was, he was Which was he super was awesome. Homer. Yes. It was super awesome. So, anyway. Um, so, one thing to end, end on kind of a negative note. Uh, I was going to stand in line for Billy D. Williams' autograph for my dad. Because uh, who didn't really, who didn't, you know, like, who didn't not like Billy D. Oh, yeah. I, I would have stood in line for Billy. I was um, going to stand in line with Ryan just to go meet Billy D. Williams. But we get in line, and it's a really long line. So, we go away, and we come back. Um, and first, we had to go away because supposedly we were supposed to go get a ticket for him. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't have to get a yes. ticket for him. So, we had to go back and uh, in line again. That volunteer. And then I get up there, and I'm standing in line, and it's still about a 15, 20-minute line. And I'm just looking at the stuff that he's selling, and it's all more priced than anybody else who was there. It's, yeah, there, um, he, he was had really a lot of nickel weird and diming, yeah. So he was like selling voicemail messages for a hundred bucks. Yeah, it wasn't even an autograph. Just he, he would record he, your outgoing voicemail message for one hundred dollars, and it, it looked like it wasn't even that long. I saw somebody doing it. Yeah, maybe ten, not even. Seconds. It looked like it was like seven, eight seconds. Yeah. Um, so they did that. Uh, he was selling pictures, of course, and everything. And then I look at his publicist or his his manager, whoever it is, whoever, and he just yeah, his he looked was. like the biggest sleaze car yeah, salesman pimp yeah. that I've ever seen he's wearing a pure white suit with a white tie and a purple shirt but it was like an embroidered white mm-hmm. suit like he had some design yeah. on half of the suit it was so bizarre and, and Billy D looked very out of it he was sitting in the corner with yeah. glasses on yeah. like he was hung over from the previous night and I just yeah. you know it wasn't for me to see Billy D Williams and I talked to my, my parents about it and my dad didn't really care that much to have it mm-hmm. so I didn't feel as bad but you know if you don't want to be at the con, then don't be at the con. At least, yeah. you know, you, these fans are paying their hard-earned money to meet you, to say a for, couple words. For 12 seconds. Yeah. You know, really. Yeah. I, I got, I got, I spent more money for more things at Jason Mews and had more time and oh my God. than I would have ever. We, we could have talked, like I said before, yeah. we could have talked to him for as long as we were. There was no rush in that line. And everybody was yeah. super cool about it. So. All right. So. Going into the list. I'm going next year? Oh, I'll definitely go next year. They, they're talking about making it bigger. So they're going to have to move it, of course. Wow. I don't know where. Wow. Um, this is all stuff that I heard from pop cultures. That's uh, crazy. Oh, and we're going to see guy. if we can actually get a panel next year. Yeah. Do a gonna, live podcast. See if we can do a live podcast. That'd be great. Uh, but they're going to make it bigger and they might move it to April. Oh, wow. Or July. Sure. Just so it's not as cold. Mm-hmm. More people can come then. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens, but definitely I'm going next year. Mm-hmm. I'll keep my eyes open for it. Um, but yeah, let's move on to our list. Um, that was a lot of Comic-Con talk. and I'm, I mean, we, we could we could talk about Comic-Con. I'm sure we could have spent two hours on Comic-Con, but sure. we want to try to get this into a nice supersized episode. It'll be a little bit longer than normal, but not as long as some of our longer ones. I think right. I think we've had, in our old podcast, we had like two-hour episodes. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get that high. We're not going to go that far unless this takes way longer than any other list we've ever had. Which it could. So it could. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, let's... Int- nice one. Excuse me. Let's uh, two beers in and we're, we're doing yeah. good. 
Uh, great. Sweet 12, we're doing the awesome primetime adult cartoons. Mm-hmm. Not the dirty kind, but the, the, the kind that you would see after 7 p.m. Yes. Uh, except for King of the Hill was on at 6.30 for the later end of its run. But whatever. Eh, uh, shows that shows that Close enough. TVPG or higher. Yep. Uh, things that you wouldn't let your kids necessarily watch without yeah. parental supervision. Correct. Uh, these are the ones that we that are our favorites. Yes. Uh, ones that have, been, that have stuck with us throughout the years. Uh, a lot of these shows... Uh, started before I would have been even old enough to watch them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are still on. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them only went one year. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but we, which is know, sad. We we made these, we made this list, and it's something that we did before. We combined a few into we combined a few TV shows into one big group. But you know, we've got twelve slots now, and a few yeah. new, and a few new TV shows. So yeah, um, yeah, which is really and yeah, both of them make the list. So good. we'll go ahead. Uh, we'll get started right away with uh, number twelve. I'll number let Brian 12. do number twelve because I, I'll do number eleven. Okay, so you do number twelve. Number twelve is King of the Hill, and it wasn't, and it made the list because of a its longevity and b because of me coming home after high school and parts of college and just binge watching it on the FX network. <laughs> they probably showed they showed like a two-hour block of King of the Hill, and I would just have it on in the background or, you know, really get into an episode at times and watch it. And it really made me a fan. I never really caught it much in syndication. It always led into The Simpsons or was after The Simpsons when I was uh, back in my primetime Simpsons-watching days. Uh, So I'd always catch a little bit of King of the Hill, but it never really spoke to me as much because I never really related to it. And it was always a different sense of humor. But as I got older, I realized that it's a fantastic show. It is really a great show. They have a lot of guest stars that come in and do it just much, you know, all of the Simpsons. And the the episode that really kind of capped it off for me was the was the final episode where uh, Bobby and Hank kind of bond over um, grilling. And, and you know the whole the whole series is just about Hank trying to find a way to bond with Bobby because Bobby is so different from his dad. And so it was a nice little um, kind of ribbon tied up, nice and you know, nice and cute. On the show, mm-hmm. so uh, they they did just a fantastic job for the cash board. Is it like nine seasons? Yeah, I want to say. Second. I think it's actually more than nine. What, what do you? Oh it's... yeah, thirteen. Okay, thirteen. Yeah, so it's still a lot of seasons, yeah, though. Which is which is nuts. But still, and, it's, it's, and, it's, and I mean that's more than a lot of shows. I think it's probably our one of the. Well, that's, I think that's our fourth longest running show on the podcast. Yeah. Um. Which I mean, I think the other ones only went like. Three seasons at most, but it's still... And a, some of them are still going. Yeah. I mean, that's still... Thir- I mean, 13 seasons is a lot, especially mm-hmm. for a show that, at the time, I don't think was going to go very far. No, I think, no. I think... I think it, it, the writing got so much better, and, and the way they kind of made Hank just afraid of all women problems just made it really funny. And some of the storylines were, were great. Some of them, you know, you, you wouldn't see... You, know, you wouldn't have a constipation episode on The Simpsons... But it worked for King of the Hill. They made it work. You know, they never, re- you know, they, mm-hmm. there was a whole episode where King couldn't take a dump. And it was so funny. It worked. It was fantastic. Joel Adams is the character designer for King of the Hill. Oh, Sorry. yeah, we met him at Comic-Con. We met him at Comic-Con. I, we were going to talk about it, and I was like, I can't find his name, so we're not mm-hmm. going to talk about it. But Joel yeah. Adams, I just looked it up. I, I just went to season one. He did the character design for the first three years, so he was in charge of... All the big characters. He had a really good story. I don't really yeah. get off topic because we're you know we're gonna this podcast is already gonna be eight hours long. But right. uh, he talked about how uh, he, had, he had drawn. Uh, Joel had talked about how he had drawn the characters, and he went to Mike Judge about mm-hmm. them, and he had the voices and everything already beforehand. Uh, he drew these characters, and Mike talks to him and he goes, "No, no, no, that's not what I want. 
you need to go to the LA County Fair (laughs) and draw people there with those voices in your head. Right. So every person in the first three seasons of King of the Hill is a ripoff of LA County Fair person. Based off of people who work who are at the county fair. And that's why they are kind of familiar to everybody sure. in in the nation, which I think that helps a lot. That mm-hmm. everybody knows a person that's like Hank Hill. They mm-hmm. may not propane sales, mm-hmm. but you know, you know a Hank Hill type character. Right. You know a Peggy. You know a Bobby. You know, you know the family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, that makes the list. Um, I never watched it, uh, other than probably a couple episodes here and there. Uh, so it wasn't. I was more into. Other shows at the time, which we'll get to with number eleven, mm-hmm. which is funny, um, but you know, Mike, it just it was kind of neat to kind of just see Joel Adams at the Comic Con, mm-hmm. and, and seeing that we already had King of the Hill on our list, that we could kind of, you know, kind of talk to him a little bit about his idea for King of the Hill. So we had a little bit of backstory on that, which was yeah, neat. That was nice. And you know, he took what was the Mister Anderson character because it wasn't Hank Hill in right. Beavis it was and somebody was else from Mister Mister Anderson, I think is what it was yeah. called. And but yeah, so that was neat how to hear that story. Um, in the theme of King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead, uh, our number 11 show was my show that I would come home and watch in high school, in middle school, uh, during the, the, the after school, during the summer and, and everything. I'd watch it just, to, I'd just watch every day uh, with my sister, uh, is Daria. Uh, another show that's not a Mike Judge produced show, but the character is loosely based off of a Beavis and Butthead character, which I think he was their... Wasn't she the I think neighbor? Was the neighbor. She was one of the neighbors. Mr. Or a classmate, yeah, but something like that. Daria was in Beavis and Butthead as well. Mm-hmm. And they changed, they turned the show into a five-season show, which is a pretty pretty decent show for anything that's on MTV, uh, about high school, and then eventually kind of about going to college. But what made the show, to me, so memorable, so one of my favorite shows, uh, is not only the soundtrack that they used at the time, because it, it was very... MTV show that they would have popular rock and alternative rock music uh, at the time. Now that was one of the coolest parts about that show was the 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 soundtrack. I I wish the DVD release. I wish they could keep the rights to it. They don't have. They have some. mm -mm. They have none. They have very. The only music that they have on that show is songs that they wrote. Uh You know so. it's like the theme song, the intros sure. and the outros, uh, the stuff that Jane's brother, I forget his name now, his band, just the, the filler. stuff that they wrote. Sure. Um, and the rest of it now in the background is just poor, like, elevator ripoff of alternative music. Okay, okay. So, but the show soundtrack at the time was fantastic. And the music doesn't really take away from, it doesn't take away from what makes the show good. The, the dialogue was delivered perfectly. The voice actors were, were really Fitting for the characters. Yeah, they they fit Um, they fit very well. There was actually surprisingly good character development for five seasons of an animated show that took place solely in high school. Sure, there was really good character development, especially between Daria and uh, and and her sister, Quinn. Um, But yeah, it was it was um, it kind of ended abruptly, like like most MTV shows. Uh, They did two movies. Is it fall yet? And is it summer yet mm-hmm. um the one was about her going off to college uh, and the other was about coming back from i think uh or the school ending but I, I think i think the show still resonates with me because i always kind of like shows about high school because i wish my high school was like that my high school was nothing like that at all uh and that's kind of why two other shows on this list are on the list all them tv shows and all shows about high school or college believe it or not so daria to me 
is is something that I will always remember. And I have the DVD, so I'll always go back and watch it. But I, you know, I always wanted more. It was always that was something that that I pined for. I think now it's a little late for more Daria. Oh, definitely. You well, kind of just have to let it. I did. I did. Let it, let it go, man. I, I, I'm still not letting go at number three. Also, but... Mike Judge had nothing to do with Daria. No, he didn't. That's why I said it was. An, it wasn't a Mike Judge produced oh, okay. show. I heard you say all. that, and I didn't hear. That yeah, no, I said it was not. Before. When Sorry. we did our first podcast maybe, four years ago, we did say it was. Maybe I'll have another beer. Maybe you should to forget <laughs> that. Uh, let's move on to number eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one could this be high. Spanking new. This one could be higher on the when list. It's, in a couple when it's years. all said and done, yes. I just finished season one. I'm halfway through season two. And I, season, you're right. Season two was much better than yeah. season one, and not that season one is bad. No, it's it just it had to find its groove. Yes, most, it did. most season ones are not very good. Well, most sh- yeah shows shows not animated shows. Yeah, every show. Period. Yeah. So there are a few exceptions. We have two on the list that have exceptions to that. Yes, but uh, we're talking about the the Lauren uh, Bertrand show, Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. Lou Bouchard, I think, is his name. I'll look it up. He uh, was the creator and created the theme song and the characters and everything. The theme song uh, is cool. I actually, listen to the podcast. I told you, is that a good podcast? How he about how he came about uh, creating the, yeah, the theme song, song. Exploders, the podcast, uh, about a year ago, almost now. He did a uh, the song the song Exploder. He he was on the show. Lauren Bouchard was on the show explaining how he created the theme song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it adds a little bit of neat uh, backstory to it. But the show revolves around, if you're not sure, it's. You know, it's about a family that the father, Bob, owns a burger shop in the inner city. I don't know what city, just Metropolis, USA, we sure. could say. Yeah, and I don't think they ever uh, say. And it's, it's a show really just about, it's just kind of a wacky show about a family that coming together to do a, stuff. a burger restaurant. Yeah, it's three kids, uh, three kids and the, the patriarch and the matriarch. Mm. Uh, the whole voice, the, the whole main voice cast, with the exception of Kristen Schaal as Louise, is male. Which is, it's funny to hear that, to, to hear the voices. Even the mom? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The mom and everybody. Uh, but the show is just, is, it's it's just funny antics and, and like family coming together. <laughs> That's interesting. And I started watching in season three, because I watched one episode of season one, and I said, this looks really dumb. So I stopped watching. And then I kind of caught up in season three when it was on Netflix. And I instantly fell in love with season three. Uh, so then I went back and binged 1, 2, and 3, and 4, because Hulu had 4 at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I watched them all straight through, and it, every episode is, 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 is good. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there, there are memorable episodes. Uh, like, I love the Thanksgiving episode from season 4, which you'll get to. It's hilarious. Uh, I, the most memorable one for me right now was uh, the one where they took synchronized swimming class. Oh, I love that episode. <laughs> and then, so and then funny. they just decided to do yoga moves from... What's her face's pregnant yoga? The birthing video. class, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was so. You awful. know, Kevin Klein does the voice of the of the. Kevin Klein's the voice of the uh, counselor, Mister Fishonder. Yeah. Hmm. No shit. Yeah, it's Kevin Klein. Look at that. Um. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it is an all male cast. There was a couple women for yeah, the tertiary, Christian, secondary, Christian, and tertiary. Yeah. Characters. Well, Christian Shaw, well, Louise is the Shaw, only yeah. Yeah. lead female. Yeah. Uh, but the the Super Bowl episode's really great too. Well, but she's got her character. Mm-hmm. Um, Louise, I love it. Oh my god, it, is she what is she seven, eight? Uh, I think she's nine or ten. The nine, yeah, I think so they're. She, I think they're all. So she plays this nine-year-old character, and it's just a hellraiser. Mm-hmm. She, she, <laughs> she's just. She's a female Bart Simpson. Yeah, basically, but worse. Yes, 
like way worse. It's, but it's also Just more grounded how far, too. How far can I go? Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the, she crosses the line every time, and just see how much further she can get away from the line. The, the dialogue is, is is great in the show. Oh, it's, it's very the, subtle the, the banter that they have. It's very subtle. The 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 the, the, the banter. Yeah, yes. the, the, the comedic timing of everybody because they're all a lot of them yes. are all are all comedians. Mm-hmm. Like the whole cast. Is, yeah, is Eugene Mervyn. Yep. H. John Benjamin is the lead role, and I I wanted to like it, but it took me a long time to get into it until my brother and his wife basically forced upon us. Uh, the show, and I knew <laughs> I was going to like parts of it because of H. John Benjamin. I'm just a huge fan of him, and maybe, maybe we'll talk about him later in the podcast. Maybe it was great when they did the 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 crossover episodes, though. Yes, it was, and they they referenced yes, it, it in both in both shows. Oh, I didn't see the one. Okay, I I'll think later on, that later then. on, they just I think they kind of okay. they kind of mentioned it a little bit okay. about something about uh, secret agents and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So they do kind of mention it. It's not like sure, as not big as of an blatant episode. as yeah. it was in, in, in the other show. Yeah, sure, but. I, I just think that that show has a lot of potential. It's mm-hmm. only, it's number 10 right now because it has been on for four seasons. It is memorable, but who knows where it could end up. Who it knows? Could, it could be in the top six. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a critical darling, and it's not a ratings getter, but Fox still keeps it on the air, which I'm glad they do. Yeah. Because I'd yeah. rather I'd rather see more Bob's Burgers and less American Dead and Cleveland Show, which are both now off, yes, thankfully. Yes, thank goodness. Although American Dead has its ups and downs. American Dead, yeah, I'm I'm okay it, it's, there's nothing in it, but like, oh just, my gosh, American Dad's on, it, let's binge watch it. It's Family Guy to a different, to, in a different In a different direction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so, but yeah, Bob's Burgers, give it a watch if you haven't seen it. I know people love it and critics love it, but you, you need to watch it. At mm-hmm. least a couple episodes in the later seasons, then go back and watch the the the, the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine. Oh, we're going to get to... <laughs> this, is, this is one of my favorite shows, and we quote this... All the time. We quote this one and I guess number eight a, a lot. We used to in college yeah. all the time. Oh, God. And we would just binge watch these because mm-hmm. that's when it was on. Mm-hmm. This this show lasted seven years from 2000 to 2007. Which one? Harvey Birdman. It was on seven seasons. It was on for seven seasons. There's no way it was on seasons. for seven seasons. Look. I know. I, know, I see it on your thing. I'm um, telling you. You talk about it. Yeah. So what Harvey. Makes, first off, who's Birdman? Harvey Birdman is. Okay. Birdman was a Hanna-Barbera superhero cartoon mm-hmm. that they just made up to i don't know combat super friends maybe i'm not sure he was well he was part of that like he was part of like the space ghost superhero show yeah and all that stuff he was yes. just another superhero a hanna-barbera that superhero adventures that was not dc or yeah Marvel. like with uh dino mutt and blue falcon and space ghost so they mm-hmm. had this kind of you know the, these little i guess their version of the super friends for hanna-barbera that they just made up and and he was uh i think he's solar powered as well if i remember correctly uh birdman is and Basically, he just gets... Uh, yeah, the original Birdman was, was solar-powered. Yes. So basically, he just becomes a lawyer uh, after his superhero fighting days are done. And then he is the, the lawyer for all of these other Hanna-Barbera characters. And if anybody knows anything about Hanna-Barbera, it's that they have more cartoons than you could shake a stick at. Yes. So it's Fred Flintstone as Hanna-Barbera. It's Scooby-Doo. It's the Jetsons. It's Droopy, Droopy Dog, Droopy Dog, Huckleberry Hound, Huckleberry Hound, you know, and the ones that we mentioned before with, you know, Space Ghost and Blue Falcon mm-hmm. and some hippo. I don't think Space Ghost was ever in name. the show, but yeah, the hippo, I don't know the hippo's name either, but he was big. But he, he was a, you know, he was a cartoon character uh, as well. So it's, it's one of those shows where you kind of get to the mind taker. Yes. Men, which is another villain of yeah. his. And he's just, he's a defense attorney or something. Right. And so we have this. 
different world that they just kind of thrust. Ba- basically, he's a reti- he's a re- well, it's the same universe. He's a retired a different, superhero, different storyline. Yeah, I should say he's yes. a retired superhero who's mm-hmm. now a lawyer, mm-hmm. and so now he's representing these superheroes in in the cases that like you would see a defense attorney take. Mm-hmm. And his, you know, one of his catchphrases is, "I'll take the case." Yeah, I'll take the case, and he says it a million different ways mm-hmm. for all of the episodes. But like, there's a there's a like one of the one of the first episodes is the Fred Flintstone episode where he's representing Fred Flintstone in a defense case about like jewel thieving because Fred Flintstone, if you've ever watched the original uh, Flintstones, he has multiple characters that he plays mm-hmm. and he does all those different things. So he's defending. Don, you know, the Don, basically he's like the godfather, Fred Flintstone. Mm-hmm. He's defending him against all these accusations and wins, ends up winning. But sure. it's just... just The stories that they create just to kind of give these other Hanna-Barbera characters a reason to go visit Harvey Birdman. Like, uh, who's the duck that stutters and spits everywhere all of the time? <laughs> that little that little tiny duck. Yeah, I don't remember the name. Me neither. Google that and I'll talk about it. Um, so he's this, oh, Billy West was in an episode. Yeah. I just like that Gary Cole was yeah. Birdman. Yeah, Gary Cole was Birdman, then... and Stephen Colbert was his boss, Vilcon 7. 7 and 7. Yes, Vilcon 7, excuse me. Yeah. And it was so, so funny. He did, he did Reducto, he did Falcon, he was Fred num- Fed number 2, he was the janitor. Yeah, everybody does multiple uh, voices for this, for this show. Um, and so this tiny little duck... I forget his name. Gosh, that's gonna that's gonna annoy me. Are I'm you looking, looking that up? Yeah. Okay, good because it's gonna annoy the hell out of me. <laughs> I remember that episode too. Yeah. The, the, so the, he, he just wants to change his name, but he can't because all you know because in this day and age, all of the good names is are have already been taken, and he wants to have something original that isn't you know that doesn't play fun at his name or as a, uh, for a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. And so he comes up with <laughs> so they come up with the idea to legally change his name to chemical castration. The dog. Yeah. No, I was talking about the pilot episode, which, which is was so the banned custody case. The custody case? The race banned in custody case. Oh, that Johnny, one was good. Yeah, Johnny Quest. The Johnny Quest one, which was a great episode, where they have the characters of Johnny Quest on there, and they have race. Was it race Bannon or yeah, Banner? race Bannon was and uh, Doctor Quest. Uh, they they made them a gay couple for the episode, and they were trying to fight for custody for Johnny and Haji, which was they were really divorced, funny. Divorced, mm-hmm. So yeah. Yes. Uh, we'll find it later. It doesn't. It's not a big deal what the duck's name was. No, I'll find it. Um, anyway, uh, while he's looking that up, it. I'll move on to number uh, seven. I think. Yaki Doodle. How hard Yaki is that Doodle? to do? <laughs> I didn't know. I told you just Google. I was looking at Harvey Birdman. Oh no! So it was Yaki Doodle, and he didn't like Yaki Doodle because you know he couldn't say it as well, and so he just decided to become chemical castration. <laughs> Yeah, which is fantastic. So that was the one that kind of jumps out at me. This is little, this tiny little duck who changes his name to something quite awful, but they were happy with it. So yeah, or he was happy with it, I should say. Yeah. So uh, moving on, we'll move on to number was it eight now? Seven, eight. Yeah, twelve, eleven, ten, nine, eight. Yeah. So eight and the same theme of Adult Swim around oh, the same time. Man, this 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 is one of my favorites. This was another show that was uh, spin off of. A Hanna Barbera cartoon. Yes, it was. Well, but but no, well not originally. Oh, excuse me. Wasn't the original? It originally didn't get airtime. I think it only had like five or six episodes, and then they stopped it. Did they? I believe okay, so. It so, was not a very popular show. So the original show that we're talking about uh, is the show we're talking about. C Lab Twenty Twenty One. Yes. Which is uh, 
a playoff of the C Lab, the original C Lab show 2020. Mm-hmm. And this was basically another 15 minute show on Adult Swim mm-hmm. about these guys in C Lab and the shenanigans that happens when you're under the sea f- for years and years and years. Um, what really made this show really great, and I and, and it probably could have lasted longer was uh harry gauze yes I mean, who harry played gauze, captain murphy a tremendous talent he as captain murphy he was unbelievable in the role he mm-hmm. he made the show in the the way that he the way that the character was written and the way that that he just d- delivered the lines and was just so so funny and and memorable i mean mm-hmm. the episodes it's it's the delivery and it's the character that they gave him which is mm-hmm. this he's the captain of this underground sea laboratory which is at the bottom of the ocean he's a bumbling captain but he's bumbling and he's this idiot and he just kind of does whatever he wants and everybody you know but he, he just always kind of gets his way which mm-hmm. is funny but he does it you know kind of mischievously yes you know he he in the in the there's actually no season 1 there's no pilot episode it's it's 3 episode trial that they kind of went on. Yeah. Well, there was, there was it's called season 0. Yeah, there there was, there's there's a pilot. It's unaired. It's on the DVD. Pitch, oh. It's called Pitch Pilot. It's on the DVD. Oh, though. the Pitch Pilot. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But there it's was It's considered no, the pilot okay. episode. That which they just they took the Sea Life 2020 which I don't think it I don't think it even aired. It had 1972 air dates. Okay, 1972. So it was very short-lived. Yeah. And they Adam Reed cut this together um with I don't know, some of the other people that worked... Oh, Matt Thompson, that's right, as Adam and Matt. They, they cut this together and did just some voiceover and just mm-hmm. gave, them, gave them different voices. They did, they did very little new animation. There mm-hmm. was new animation on the show. Very little. But they used... Uh, in the first seasons, there was a lot of right. recut episodes. But in the later seasons, they did a lot more animation because they had to introduce new characters. Right. But, uh, like, MC Chris is, was one of the writers and one of the voice actors right. in the show. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, his... His rapping is pretty, pretty funny. Yes, Hash. Hash, Hash wants sex. Hash wants some sex. So funny. So all these, they make all these he great characters. He crossed over too, and he did uh, voices on Aqua Teen also. He was, yes, yes, he, he was, was that spider. Yeah. He was the rapper in any version of it. Yeah, basically. But episodes like Tin Fins, where they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're letting people film a movie down there, just the grizzle bees. Grizzle bees. Grizzle bees. There's the, the Bizarro episode. Yes. You know, the, I hate which the is probably one of the best known episode that's probably my favorite is the legend of saggy pants it's all in the same season which is from which one season two season two season two and that's my favorite all-time it's my all-time favorite episode which is just basically harry gauze for 95 percent of the episode is just him on screen and he's just going around to try and find the pro shop in this indoor underwater sea laboratory so he can continue his game Mm -hmm. of golf because he needs some sweet new balls <laughs> they keep saying yes. over and over again and so it's just him hamming it up for 15 minutes 12 mm-hmm. minutes they aren't very long episodes but it's it's one of my all-time favorite shows and i think it was you or samir that had all of the seasons and we just and we just copied all of his dvds um, i think it was samir well he had all the dvds i had them downloaded i didn't co- yeah. you copied his discs i just yeah. had the downloaded options yeah uh, but like the Squish Face episode where they get the, oh, the, where the, they get the, the gloop, where they get and then, gloop. And then they do a total um, alien knockoff with that. Yep. Oh, that was so good. 
That was one of my favorites. Everyone's stay frosty, team. And they got this flamethrower. <laughs> so it's basically, it's all these hijinks that happen in the underwater um, sea lab. And it's it's so great. And if anybody likes, you know, Bob's Burgers or Harvey mm-hmm. Birdman, King of the Hill, Daria, anything on this list is going to be right up there with these. So it's it's just wacky underwater sea exploration hijinks. But, you know, they have the straight man, Dr. Quinn, played by Brett Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody else is just kind of out on their own. And he's really the only voice of reason, which you need. You need that straight man. Yeah. You know, in, in the show full of buffoons and, and fools. And it works It works so well. And I'm so sad that it's over, but I'm, I'm glad for the time yeah. that we've had together. There's the episode of uh, the ro- where they all turn into robots. Oh, yeah. Bar- where he becomes an Adrian Barbobot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to be Chubby Carol. Like and- this. <laughs> Chubby Carroll, who... <laughs> and then Stormy. Stormy. I can't decide who's my who's my favorite character, if, if it's Captain Murphy, if it's Sparks, or if it's Stormy. Because they're all so fantastic, and Stormy is so stupid. Or when they have the zombie... Was the, the zombie um, episode where they all go down to pipe storage to get all of these pipes? And it's like, I don't want to use this pipe uh, to kill all these zombies. It's all pristine. Well, we better go down to pipe storage to get some backup pipes. Pipe storage. So fantastic. <gasps> the Feast of Elvis. Or they make the butter with the butter churn with yep. the Amish, Amish Dave or whatever, it, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. And they churn all this butter. Oh, oh the, the credit card episode to the policy. Do you no, remember that episode? Remember that uh, it's, the, it's the best one because Murphy's just spending all this money on different credit cards. And uh, they're trying to kill him then for like life insurance money oh, to get it all back. Where he goes into debt. Yeah, because he's he runs up all his credit card debt. Yes, and then Sparks, Sparky tries to come and, and help him. Takes a life insurance policies on all the crew, mm-hmm. try, and then sends <laughs> them off. Right. He sends them That's off to right. do something to kill yeah. him. Yeah, while he's trying to get Captain Murphy, you know, to he's basically Captain Murphy's sidekick in this one. Right, and and basically he calls the credit cards magic money making. Cards. Magic money making cards, yeah, and then his whole Does um, this one his is, whole office or his whole room is just filled with crap? And basically, does this one give me money? No. But it gives frequent flyer miles. Ooh, Ooh. and he, yeah, signs and he just it. signs away for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a good show. That, that was that was. There's so many memorable moments and episodes in mm-hmm. that show, and we can talk about it for hours. And maybe one day we will. Maybe we'll do the top twelve Sea uh, Lab episodes. Yeah, there's not a lot. So there's not a lot. It'd be easy-ish to do, but there's so, there's so many yeah. good ones. So we, would, we wouldn't have to, you know, have a huge back catalog because no. there's only five seasons, and the seasons are short. They're only about Four 15, 20 episodes. I went. I thought two two thousand two thousand five. Uh, yeah, but that doesn't mean seasons. Oh, I see. That's it's just how many years. years. I see. I understand. So if you don't saying. count the original pilot and then the three pilot, okay, on, you've got All right. four. All right. So, thank uh, you, Wikipedia. Number seven. <laughs> see what happens when you don't number these. I didn't number them. Number seven. <laughs> uh, number seven is another MTV cartoon. This one, uh, this one is more. This one really my alley hits home. Um, it's called Undergrads. Yes, if you have never heard. It's one season. It was in Fantastic. about two thousand two, two thousand three. Um, maybe 2001 even. Cal, Nitz, and Gimpy. Yes. Rocco. And Rocco, yeah. Um, it's a show about your first year of college. Yeah. And it's, it was 2001. It only had one season, then MTV canceled it. Which uh, was so dumb. It was written by... Uh, it was written, directed, and even almost animated fully, at least the pilot was, by Pete Williams, who created the show. And basically, they all go to college in the same big city, whatever it is. Uh, one of them... Two of them go to the university. One goes to the tech school, uh, and then another one is offsite at another bigger school that has all the frats in it and whatnot. Uh, but just the 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 stuff that they get into, 
and the they were all nerds or at least one of them was a really big nerd the other one was kind of the in-betweener one was a big woman wow the other pete was a williams meet. did the voices for all four mm-hmm. guys yep. yep and he wrote and directed and wow and animated yeah he uh the show resonated with me because i had a group of friends kind of like this i was i related a lot with um with cal not with cal god no not with cal <laughs> i related i related kind of a little bit with gimpy uh, mostly with nits though mm-hmm. i had a friend who was more of a of a, of a gimpy who was the nerd guy mm-hmm. um i knew people who were like cal who were always with girlfriends and everything and then i didn't really have a rocco in my life the big meathead who's not that smart but still can hang out with us uh but i just the show relate i was i just related to the show so well in high school and then in college as well uh, i think i think we binge watched this well, we totally like binge-watched one, it. Like one whole day we oh, watched yeah, it was only episode. 12 it was only, yeah, it was only a few episodes. Uh, this is one of those shows that I, that a couple years ago, uh, maybe three years ago now, when, when Kickstarter was first starting out and everybody was getting so big into reviving everything, yeah. that Pete, uh, the creator, tried to revive the show. Couldn't get the rights from MTV to do it. So MTV still kind of got him in the vice, in the ball. Which is so sad because what are they going to do with it? They've done nothing with it. He has, he got the okay from, because a lot of these shows, we'll get to another one, were kind of produced both in Canada and in America. So he got the okay from Canada to do it, but didn't get the okay from MTV America. So Boo, MTV. But just a lot of the episodes, you know, it's just about your first year of college. So it goes from the, from orientation to, uh, to the last day of school and the kind of things that, you know some people do in college uh but it really was a show that that i still remember fondly and i still watch i still binge on it it used to be on late night mtv yeah it was only on for a year and then they replayed episodes but and they replay and that's where i caught it was when they replayed Mm -hmm. the episodes and i was so sad when i realized that they didn't have any more and it sucks Mm -hmm. because it it was a great show and it worked so well with being in college at the time Mm -hmm. To kind of go through and it kind of borders what you're doing on a day to day life. Yeah, and you it, really you really relate to it a yeah. lot. There's there's stuff about like, uh, like kind of the the parties that that people don't really go to. The big there's thing the, that was for me though was him pining after the girl because everybody yes. everybody could relate to that, but she wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah, they were friends. I mean, he was pining after her for years though, yeah. I mean, even in high school. Right, and then they're at the same college, which he didn't know. Uh, and right. then there's the girl best friend who wants him but can't but he doesn't but want her do right. back until the right. last mm-hmm. season until the last episode and then leave it on a cliffhanger of course because it's the end of the first season and then they just leave it there and there could have been a lot more there could have been there were, I, when I say a lot more there could have been three more seasons yeah because average they, would undergra- just, they would have just finished technically college. under yeah technically undergrads only two which, years which would have been perfect yeah I, they could have even done. I went off. I know he wanted to do a movie or a TV show, and MTV wouldn't give him the rights to do either. But they have like uh, they have a really cool, kind of a weird, cool uh, episode where they're playing video games for the rights to to kind of rule the floor. Mm-hmm. They're doing like a Doom game, and yeah. Uh, then there's and then nobody. What's the one where uh, uh, Gimpy's in his room and they're playing? Oh, is, the, is that, that the, the Prank one? Master? Yeah. Where he's yeah. setting off all the pranks as everybody because I don't like pranks <laughs> yeah. and then he goes off and becomes the world's greatest prank master. Yeah, because he figures out like how to do it. Well, he just he realizes he can do a lot of it by telling other people to do it in his name because <laughs> yeah. then they all do. I'm G Prime, and then he never has to leave his room. And then it's he does so leave funny. his room to pull off the ultimate prank yes. during the during the naked run. Yes, and then he comes back and he's all naked in a sweaty in a, the 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 room 
or the I guess the the floor person, whoever they call it. In the the RA. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Comes in and says, you know, why are you sweating? Why are you naked? And he goes, well, I'm naked because I have no clean clothes and I don't ever leave my room, so I can't do laundry. And I'm sweating because I'm a man. <laughs> and it's like, oh, carry on. Yeah. Yeah, because he wasn't supposed to leave his room. I think that was no. He yeah, he was under lock. He because he never left his room, and that's how he could keep doing these pranks because everybody else was doing it in his name. Right. And then he then at this assembly, he gets the wrong idea uh, because everybody's saying that they're G Prime, which Mm -hmm. was his name of his pranking. And he's like, "Oh, well, they're going to take credit for my work. I'm going to go do something real quickly, and I'm still Spartacus." Yeah. And all that stuff, but it was just a good show to have, especially when I was in college, because I just I related really well to it. Um. We're going to go on to number six. Um, this one, we debated about this one being ahead or below undergrads. And I think I put it ahead of it because of how long it's been on TV now. And because it did make a comeback. Mm-hmm. And the yes, other show yes. did not. Twice. Uh, well, once. It only had one comeback. A Family Guy is number six on our list. Uh, it's had 13 seasons now. Yay-ish. 13 seasons? Uh, 1999. That doesn't matter to me because they took a huge break off in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've had, thir- I think they've had 13 seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, one movie. Mm-hmm. And the a fact bunch that of it, Star Wars spinoff. The fact stuff. that it came back is the reason why it's number six. They had really good episodes in the first three seasons. Oh man, it it was a totally different show. Mm-hmm. It was a totally different show from having seasons one, two, three. I had them all on DVD, mm-hmm. and I think even season four when it came back. But from seasons one through three to four on, a totally different show. And it's so sad to see how it is now. But the the time I. The time you spent watching seasons one, two, three, and even four to to mm-hmm. a lesser extent pushed the show so high on the list because it was unlike anything that was on TV at the time. Mm-hmm. I like the newer seasons; they're not as good as the old seasons, but I still really like the new seasons. Um, they're they are doing a few more things to try to push the envelope, which I'm not a big fan of some of those episodes, but they do have guest stars still. Like they had Rush Limbaugh on their damn show for crying out loud, right? He, you know he's. I mean, Seth MacFarlane and Rush Limbaugh could be no, you know, no farther apart than they already are, and he mm-hmm. was willing to come on on, on the political spectrum, be him and be himself. Not in real life. Yeah. <laughs> well, they probably are farther apart in real life too. Maybe. But, but just to to have that, and he's always been big on musical numbers, and I love the musical numbers in the show. Uh, but I, it, it does lose some of its luster after it's been on for as long as it has. Yes. Um, not every episode's a winner. Uh, they have retconned a few things uh, during the season to try to redo something. Like, they, in season... I'm going to spoil it. In season 12, they killed Brian. No! They killed you! Yeah. And then three episodes later, they decided to retcon it and bring him back because the fans were so outraged that it happened. Well, I don't know why they do that in the first place. Because it... Because ratings. Yeah. So I don't... Maybe they maybe they had always planned to do it that way. That's my guess. But, like, they had this whole episode where Stewie doesn't want to travel back in time anymore because they keep changing the future to be bad. Mm-hmm. So he breaks it and can't make a new one. And then Brian gets run over by a car. Mm-hmm. And then he's dead. And then somehow, magically, he finds the way to build a new time machine to go back and save him. Right. So, well, I mean, it, 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 there are some weird episodes. They have some good like Christmas episodes. And there, there are good ones per season. But, you know, some of the original ones with... Uh, just when it was just starting to get, you know, when it was just starting out, they were really yeah. Really they fun. recently did a crossover with uh, the Simpsons. Yes, they did a ratings grab, but it was a Family Guy crossover, not a Simpsons crossover. They mm-hmm. saved that one for Futurama. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but 
I think Family Guy makes number six because of its longevity, and it also has pushed the envelope for some of these other shows to to uh, to change mm-hmm. because they 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 invented the cutaway gag essentially. They didn't invent it, but they made it so overdone that a lot of shows can't do them anymore because then it's you think of Family Guy when it happens. So very few shows now have cutaways. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. Family Guy just kind of has the monopoly on it. And they even joke about it. They they, they say it's, you know, they, they set up their own joke and break it. Uh, we don't have one? Okay, I guess we'll, we'll do it next time. Right. Clip. But Seth MacFarlane. Thought, thought we had a clip. Do we have a yeah. clip? Nope. Seth MacFarlane, yeah. uh, you know, making buttloads of money. Oh, uh, so Good comedian, money. though. He's a great guy, good comedian. Uh, I'm glad that he did make Family Guy. He was able to do American Dad and Cleveland Show. And he is going to supposedly still redo the Flintstones eventually, if he ever gets a break to do it. So. Yeah, I, I heard about that. I, I hope he no, does. I'd like do. to see the the take on it. But, Hopefully it won't be as wacky, you know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows if they're going to do it anymore? He just got yeah. the rights to do it. doesn't mean he's actually going to do anything with it. Right, maybe he can't find anything good to but, do with it. But yeah, Family Guy, I mean, we could keep talking to nauseam about Family Guy, but I want to move on because we've got... You know, like I said, we have a supersized episode, and we got four more to go. So, uh, number four is uh, Archer. Yes, another H. John Benjamin show. No, number show. five. Number five is Archer. Sorry, number five. Yes, yes. I didn't number them. Still Archer. Number five, still Archer. Yeah, counting is hard. Uh, FX started the show, um, and it's uh, I don't know what year it is. I think it's it's kind of it's like it's like a modern day. 80s yeah they, they never set a year because people have cell phones but they still have typewriters but then he has that and really, green screen computers but then he has that buff that beefed out car that, yeah the beefed it out might car, just be because yeah. mallory archer was hogging all the money and sure that's why they maybe have 80s computers yeah, maybe, maybe it's basically just a spoof and a satire on the spy show mm-hmm. on spy movies bond uh drake not drake nuts that's detective but get smart mm-hmm. um yeah, against, Get Smart is a very good Again, starring comparison. H. John Benjamin as uh, Sterling Archer, but then another whole large cast of, of great Tremendous actors and voice actors. Voice talents. They've got, uh, you've got Chris Parnell, who was on SNL. Oh, so fantastic. Figgis. You've got... Amber Nash, Judy Greer, Aisha Tyler, Jessica Walter from Arrested from, Development. Yeah. Adam Reed does some voices uh, as well. Lucky Yates does Dr. David, Krieger. They've had David Cross do voices. They've had... Yep. Uh, they had John Hamm do a couple episodes. They've mm-hmm. had uh, uh, Eugene Merman do a couple episodes. He was uh, Cheryl's brother, and Kristen Shaw was uh, Cheryl's brother's wife. Okay, so they had another yeah. Bob Kristen Burgers Slater crossover. was on for five episodes. Gary Cole, Jeffrey Tambor uh, did some episodes. Jeffrey Tambor's the, the Thomas Lennon. Yeah, he was the head of the. He was Len Trexler. Yes, and Torvald Unte, Auntie or Auntie. Yes, Auntie. Yeah, Auntie. Yeah, that was the guy. Unte. Yeah. But I mean, the show is just oh Patrick Warburton. Every every episode uh, has has been good from top to bottom, uh, with the exception of did you ever finish all of Yeah, you finished all of Vice. Archer Vice yes, was okay. Yes, they they, yeah, they, it was they changed. Right. It was alright. They they decided to reboot the show for season five, mm-hmm. and it wasn't well received. Basically, the the show does a complete one eighty, and instead of being agents, now they're coke dealers. They're drug dealers. They're they're trying to Kinda, unload. They're trying to unload all this cocaine that they so well. Got. Well, Archer, you know, Mallory's been dodging the government. They've been they've been a spy agency without having the license to be a spy agency for X amount of years, mm-hmm. and so FBI shuts them down, and they got to sell all this coke that they got from something and try to make money back. Um, season six just started, and they're back. And to it works. A spy it was agency. it was a fun show. Yeah, but it, it it did take away from some of the allure. Um, we had mentioned earlier with Bob's Burgers, our future, our Archer did a cross sort of a crossover. 
Uh, at the end of season three, or end of season four, I think, um, Archer kind of goes crazy mm-hmm. and ends up becoming Bob. A short order cook. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it was just really funny how they played on that. for, for And he had all these kids and he had the wife. And Lana comes to try to snap him out of it, and he goes on vacation because he's he, he has he has a break he has a freak out where he starts speaking Russian and starts killing people while right. he's still while he still thinks he's Bob and there's just a lot of good good one liners in the show and the, the characters are very well developed with you know the Carol Cheryl and and you have you know, Archer being this really smart but at the same time very obnoxious and un. Uh, not a very good person he's they they claim that he's kind of got autistic tendencies you can definitely see it with what he knows and what he does but i think the show being on six years puts it at number five because a it does kind of push the envelope a bit i mean there's there's not another there's not really another a different show like it uh and then also you know six seasons it's pretty good for a late night cartoon that is very kind of limited in what they can do. Yeah. They're, they're a spy agency. Right. There's only so many, there's only so many evils out in the world like that, that, that you can play off of. So I haven't watched any season six. I do need to watch it. I think they're yeah. about, I think they're about five episodes in now. Yeah. It'd be a good day to just binge six, yeah. seven episodes to kind of catch up. That's the problem with, with the show. I, you want to watch it, but you don't want to stop, but you don't, you don't you want to stop. stop. So obviously you watch one episode. Oh, I have to wait yeah. another week. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a great show. I I watched it from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm proud to say that I watched it from day one. It's I did. My, you told it's me my, watch my it. nerd badge of, badge of honor. And I told you to watch it, it's and I did a, watch it. I did, I did not show. watch it, but I was behind. And they actually did a pilot episode. Um, they they, they have two pilot episodes. There's one where it's the regular aired episode, but then there's one where they replace Archer with a Velociraptor, and nice. all he does in, for his dialogue is just yelling and, and you know, roaring. Funny. It's <laughs> hilarious. That's funny. Is that on it's, the the DVDs? It's on the DVDs. It's fantastic. I bet you it's it on. Might my be on hard YouTube. Drive. I think it's on my hard drive because that has all the extras on it. Yes. Also. Yes. So. It's so funny. It's so funny. So everybody talks to Archer like he's a normal person, but instead it's just a Velociraptor, <laughs> nice. and it's not H. John Benjamin doing a voice. It's so funny. That's funny. Yeah. All right, we'll go to number four. Um, this is the... Uh, number four is getting into our meat and potatoes, mm. um, stuff that we watch pretty much... Regularly. We always revisit. Yeah. Uh, number four is Futurama, oh, uh, another show that got what revived. A, what a great show. Uh, revived after uh, a long time, actually, longer than Family Guy. Yeah. So Futurama started before, around the same time as Family Guy, mm-hmm. uh, quit around the same time as Family Guy, and while Family Guy got its movie and its TV show back, Futurama was still canceled. Still had no idea what it was going to do. Um, the The characters, you know, Matt Groening did such a great job uh, writing this show. David X. Cohen, uh, and the voice cast with Billy West, mm-hmm. and, Ke- and uh, you know, Katie Segal, and John DiMaggio. And maybe Tom Hartman in a different universe, <laughs> but just these characters. Tom you, Hartman? I said Phil. I said Tom Hartman. I meant Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. Sorry. Yeah, that's could right. have been Tom Hartman in a different right. universe too. But yeah, I mean, Tress came on. Tress McNeil and Maurice Phil, Phil Lamar. Yeah, I mean, he got all. He got a lot of the people who did Simpsons voices mm-hmm. to come on and help him. Yep. Right yeah, away. Castle and that did a bunch. But it's really just a show about. A delivery boy in the year 3000. That was what the original premise of the show was. He gets frozen in the year 2000, goes forward to the year 3000, and he's trying to adjust to life in the year 3000. That was a great premise for the first 
four seasons that they had. It really was. And every episode was golden. Well, especially season had, one. Yes. He really, you know, they really played on him being the fish out of water, mm-hmm. so to speak. But he actually fit in better in this in this world than he did in his previous world. Yeah. Yes. And they play on that in season two when his girlfriend... Because it's everything gets, that he yeah. wanted it to be. For, to mm-hmm. everybody else, it's regular life. Mm-hmm. To him, it's this futuristic utopia where he has all of the advantages that he never had when mm-hmm. he was living in the year 1999. He always wanted to be a spaceman, and now he can... Yes. He, can, he, he wanted can, to live in space. He wanted to go on all these crazy adventures. Well, he's a delivery boy, but he's a delivery boy in space. Yes. So you so, can go and do those crazy yeah, so things. So he doesn't mind being a delivery boy, but because he can go to the moon. Mm-hmm. He can go to Mars and go to all these other galaxies and still be back you know, for six. supper. Yeah, Virgon <laughs> 6. Omicron, Percy, I ate. But yeah, I mean, the show just in general, the first four seasons were, were pretty flawless. You, yes. had, you had like the Slurm episode, which was making fun oh, of the, the Willy Wonka and Charlie Wonka Factory. You had, yeah. you had uh, the, the Titanic episode. You had uh, the, the Honking episode, which, you know, was kind of like, the, the the phantom car mm-hmm. you had yes. you had the the Napster episode where he dates Lucy Liu you yes. had uh, the Freedom Day you, you know I could just keep naming off episodes yes. but just every episode was great then they had a six year break <laughs> almost yeah. yeah they did they, did. they started doing some movies they did four movies as part of a deal which with were released Central. which were released as uh, uh, episodes after the fact after the so fact each, yep. each episode was or each movie was about the length of four episodes or three episodes each mm-hmm. um. Maybe longer. They did some cuts in there, but the movies were okay. Yeah, they were up and right. down. Yeah, um, I'm not going to okay. review each one. Uh, and no, then, let's do that right now. And then the season started again, and in the same vein as as another show that we'll get to, the HD era kind of wasn't as good. Yeah, they 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 were really trying to do different things. And yes, they were on Comedy Central, so they had a little bit more leeway with some of the jokes they could make. Mm-hmm. But the episodes weren't nearly as good. No, they they, they I don't still, I don't know what happened. They were still good. They still. You know, they still tried to keep some continuity together, but mm-hmm. I just, th- th- there's not as many memorable episodes from no. that, from that it, era. It lacked something. I think it lacked, uh, I think it lacked uh, any memory of what they did before, because that was four years in a row that they did something great, and then they sat for six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but after the HD era started, they, they weren't as good. They were still manageable episodes, but... Kind of like Family Guy. Once Family Guy went to HD, the episodes were really, you know, after a hiatus. I mean, Futurama's episodes were better than Family Guy's episodes after the hiatus, but still not as good as these other shows we're going to get to. But it finally got canceled again, and it might get picked up again, is the rumor. So we'll see what happens. But I think you should get a little I hope it doesn't. I think it's, it's had its moment it's in its the course. sun. Nine seasons it, is, is yeah, enough. Is is great. Um, un- unless unless it comes back and it's on par with seasons one through four, then I'm it, all it I'm won't, okay it won't with be. it. After I saw the Simpsons crossover, it won't be. No, no, you're you're correct. You're correct. So, so we'll move on to number three. Uh, this one I wish was higher, but due to longevity of the show, which was one season, it can't be higher. Uh, it can't be. You're right. Clone High. Mm-hmm. It's something that everybody needs to watch. You need to watch it, watch all 13 episodes, then watch them again. And, and then, then watch, watch them, them one ag- more time. Yeah, and then and a week later, come back and watch them. Because every single episode is golden. There's not a bad episode in Clone no, High. There are so many memorable moments. It's, it's another MTV show that got canceled. And it actually got canceled before all the episodes aired in America. The rest of them were shown in Canada only. Yeah. And then you had to get the DVDs to see them. But basically, think of a high school where, where you're in a high school with a bunch of clones of famous figures from 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 history so cleopatra and john f kennedy and, and gandhi and gandhi and Abe joan of arc a blinken 
the Bronte sisters. Julius uh, Caesar uh, is in it. Genghis Khan. Buddy Holly. Moses. Yeah, I mean, these are all, a lot of those are students in the show. And mm-hmm. it's all being run by this principal, uh, Principal Scudworth, who's actually being overseen by a board of shadowy figures. The board of shadowy figures are doing this as like an experiment to see what, they're, they're basically trying to train super soldiers. <clears throat> and they're doing it by having world leaders do it. The principal has another idea, and he wants to do. He wants to train all these clones to become older, and then put them in a like a Jurassic Park type uh, show. Mm-hmm. Right? Like like he's going to raise them all, and he's going to put them in cages, which is, is kind of his evil plot throughout the whole show. Uh, they don't really play on that. That's just kind of uh, like a B story throughout the whole show, right? But, right. But you have a, which which works because Principal Scudward is. But the show really yeah, just revolves around Abe Lincoln and Gandhi, who are best friends. Abe Lincoln wants to date Cleopatra. And he can't get with Cleopatra. And again, just like undergrads, uh, there's a his his best friend is Joan of Arc, who really wants to be with Abe. And there's just a lot of really funny uh, dialogue between them, where she has slips of the tongue about wanting to be with him. Uh, like I, I'm so mad I could just kiss you. And then Abe goes, "What was that again?" <laughs> and so Joan goes, "I'm so mad I could piss glue." Because she doesn't want to let I'm, on. I'm like, "Oh, I'm so mad I could just that piss she, glue." That she likes him, yeah. Uh, and then there's there's a, it's a very of, common expression. Yeah, ah, I've never heard it before. Oh well, so it just it, it again it just the whole show flows so perfectly. Each episode leads into the next, and there's only two <clears throat> kind of episodes that you could play kind of out of order mm-hmm. because they did actually air out of order. Uh, one of them was the rock opera episode with Jack Black, and then the oh yeah the and then the the JFK Ponce de Leon episode that mm-hmm. was Luke Perry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> did you know Michael J. Fox was a voice? Yeah, he did the voice of the kidney. Of the kidney, you're I miss yeah. him. Just one oh, line. Good job. It. Good job. I miss him. Um, but that show is just fantastic. The art style uh, is rough, and it was meant to be rough. Um, fun tidbit. If you've ever seen the show Total Drama Island or any of the Total uh, Drama shows from County Central, the art style and the director of that show was told to draw them in the style of Clone High. And he did. Oh wow! And the show's awesome because of that. Yeah, the, I like the I like so. the drawing style. Marilyn Manson did a huge a whole episode. He did a whole episode. Yeah, that was fun. Um, Tom Green was another great episode. Mm-hmm. Basically, they brought in they brought Luke Perry in for an episode. Vo- they, they brought, brought in a guest in voice, Mandy and that Moore. guest voice was in the was in that whole episode for, for a lot of the episodes, yeah. not for all of them, but yeah, yeah, they're all just it's a great show. Go watch it. You have to get it on DVD because they don't air it on TV. You could probably find so online sad. versions. Clone Eye is on YouTube, but you have to piece together the episodes. But just watch it. Right. Support it by buying the DVDs. I know the money kind of goes to MTV, but my favorite band came out of this show. The uh, Abandoned Pools did the theme song, mm-hmm. and I'd never heard of them before. And this was their big exposure. And I've bought every album of his since, and I don't regret it. So, Clone High number three. Watch it. So after that, how do you follow that up with number two? You know, we just raved about number three, but we, like we said, longevity has a big deal with this. Yes. So number two is a show that's been on for 18 seasons now, and it's not going to slow down for at least another two years. No. And we're talking about the uh, Matt Trey and, uh, the Matt and Trey, the Matt Stone, Trey Parker mm-hmm. show, South Park. Yay. 18 seasons it's been on. And a video game. And a video game and a movie. And a movie. And in between all that, they've also had time to do movies and Broadway shows. And other video games. Yeah. They've had a lot of video games, but they they worked on one... They worked on two video games on their own. They worked on the dodgeball one that we played on Xbox together. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the, remember the tower defense one that oh, we played? Oh yeah, that was great. That was that was something that they had a hand into, and then yeah. obviously Stick of Truth, right, was all they were doing too. But the show again had a rough season one, but it was still good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't really hit its prime, I think, till season three, when that was the episode with the rainforest and Jim Pokemon mm-hmm. and the Red Badge of you know Gainus with the the, flu, the, the the Civil War reenactment. Right. They had the three part episode about the cat orgy and the Ju, the Juilliard. Yep. Uh, the Jew Scouts, and and the and the, the the two gay two gay guys in a hot tub episode. I mean, they <laughs> that was so bad. But that I mean, that was that's when they hit their stride. Season three is when they hit right. their stride. Right, it kind of um, all came into place. They figured out what they wanted to do, and it, be, it became a huge. And it's hit. one of the few shows that actually aged their characters once. They went yeah. from third grade to fourth the, grade yeah. very early, though. Season four, yeah, or season <laughs> I eighteen. Think they're, now they're running out of things to do. So they, they But they, then they brought everything kind of the same. They're still in fourth grade, but now they still have the same teacher. No, the teacher died. Oh well yeah, they Mr. brought back Garrison? Mr. Garrison. Well, Miss Chokesandick died. Okay, yeah, but and they brought season, back Mr. Garrison. In the first three and... seasons they had Mr. Garrison as a teacher, yeah. and then season four, Miss Chokesandick was the teacher, she died, and then now it's Mr. Garrison. It's Mr. Mr. Garrison, Mr. Garrison or Mrs. Mrs. Garrison, Garrison. And then now it's back to Mr. Garrison throughout the whole show. Yeah. So they've had a lot of fun with different storylines and they're so great at uh, um kind of giving you their thoughts on what hap- what's happening it's in the very world. topical because they yes. do an episode in a week yes they do so so they, they can try to keep up with, with what's going on and they switched from doing like 14 episodes a, mo- a year to 10 now so that's a little on the on the sad side but um i think i think that south park yeah, i don't understand why they, i mean they must have just well want, they did it because they, they want to be done they said they were getting it, burned they, well they said they were getting burned out and they didn't want to do seven episodes and wait six months and then do seven more episodes. Sure. They wanted to do ten right in a row. Everything kind of all at once. Yeah. So I understand that point. Uh, this year, this last season, was their first year at attempting full season continuity, which was pretty good. Yeah. I think that added a new flavor to the show because yes. the, the actions of the characters actually had, you know, had ramifications yes. so, through the rest of the season. Yes. So they, they they couldn't just have shenanigans and then the next week be done with it. This whole season had it linked straight through. So uh, I expect at least two more seasons because they have a contract for two more seasons. But, you know, they've given us a lot of good episodes. There's been very few seasons that were down. But um, I'm not going to recap the list. Uh, like I said, we're running pretty quick. or running low on time. Uh, we're already way over what I wanted to be. Um, but number one is a show that we're not, we don't really have to even explain too much on. It's not really a surprise if anybody uh, knows us or if anybody knows anything about animated television. The, the Simpsons are number one. The Simpsons. Um, and if only four seasons, uh, seasons three, three through ten, ten, three through eleven. The, 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 the sole reason this is on the list, I mean, it's been on for 26 years. Yes. But seasons three through ten, there is, I, I, I am not being you facetious. I'm not over-exaggerating. Find a bad episode. Not a bad episode. That's 24 Plus episodes a year. That's at least two hundred episodes. Seven years. It's at least two hundred episodes that are spot on. You, they're so fantastic, mm-hmm. and it just, and it just gets better season after season after season mm-hmm. until the 10, 11, 12 until the mark when they really kind of start to go down. But that, that that's okay. So yeah. People start to leave the show. Different showrunner, you know, understandable. And, and I mean, they've, they've the show's have kind of adapted for the audience that it's at. I mean, mm-hmm. we might be. Maybe a little old, old for it, yeah. For, for what they're trying to do now, but we do have seasons three through ten. But in, in the prime, in the golden age of The Simpsons, that's when much it all I was sweeping the Emmys for years. Yeah, I mean, until South Park finally got one. When I when I watch Simpsons now, either on Simpsons World or on my DVDs or on my downloaded episodes, it's literally three through ten. Mm-hmm. I just put those on and put them on random, and that's it. Or I'll watch the whole season in a row. But there is no, um, there's just not a bad episode, and. 
you know, Simpsons is, is obviously our favorite because we'll quote it ad nauseum for forever. For days. But we could probably have a whole conversation just with Simpsons. We quotes. probably could. I don't want to try it, but. <laughs> that would be a challenge. It would yeah, be really Simpsons, interesting to see if we could do that. Simpsons it, it was a big part of uh, growing up. It was a big part of college. It was a big part of, of us now. Just those episodes in general. It's a bonding moment. My, my older brother and I love this show. And we would watch it all the time. We, you know, it'd be every Sunday. We'd stop what we were doing. We'd go watch The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And you know, you and I, it was a great bonding moment for college. Yes, because I was, I was kind of a noob on them. I watched a few episodes. Yeah, but we you had all the. D- I had all the DVDs, and we just sit down and we'd watch them all. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't know each other before we were roommates in college, mm-hmm. and that was one of the huge reasons. You know how we kind of got to know each other a little bit better was yeah. just spending hours. I'm just watching disc yeah. after disc of The Simpsons because that's when yeah. they started to come out on DVD mm-hmm. was during our college time. Yeah, so that's it's a big part of who we are as 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 people, and you know that's why it's number one is we owe a lot to to that. Mm-hmm. So that's our list. Um, it ran a lot longer, uh, which is fine. I knew this would be a supersized episode, so that's it. Uh, we could talk about The Simpsons gonna, a lot longer, but that's okay. We're gonna give you a quick a uh, quick vault pick. Uh, for this week, um, it's a movie called Fanboys, which was a movie that was filmed in like 2004. Mm-hmm. It didn't come out until about 2009 or 2008 on DVD. Uh, it stars uh, Jay Baruchel and Kristen Bell, uh, a few other people. Basically, the, <laughs> maybe they are the only people they're, in the movie. Uh, basically, they're on a mission. This is right before episode one comes out in theaters, and they really want to see it. Star Wars Episode 1. Star Wars, yeah, sorry. Star Wars Episode 1. So they make it a mission to go to Skywalker Ranch to try to acquire the movie early so they can watch it. Um, and it's kind of their their journey to that uh, place, and, and as fans and as friends, kind of how they deal with sort of some of the issues that they will uh, arise with. Like any comedy movie that's a road trip movie, you know, there's always issues along the way. Um, definitely worth a watch. It's... It's one of the few it's, movies. It's a movie for the fans. There's a lot yeah. of references to a lot of science fiction, pop culture, yeah, you know, shows. And, 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 and one of the best parts is kind of the ending line of the movie, uh, and then when it cuts to black, is is pretty fun. So I do give, I do recommend giving it a watch. I don't know if I don't think it's on Netflix, uh, but you can definitely find it. Um, and I think we're gonna leave it off there. Uh, tune in next week when we'll have another list and a much shorter episode. But let's hope if, so. If you're listening to us now, still thank you. Uh, thanks for listening to us ramble. Uh, hope you made it to Comic-Con, and if not, there's always next year. And there's plenty of other cons coming down the pipeline for here in Madison in the Chicago area. So just kind of take a look out online, and you'll see some, and we'll tweet out if we're going to go do any of them. So uh, leaving you off there, I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. And take it easy. This has been another episode of Sweet 12 from Brian Bourne and Ryan Goble. The preceding podcast was written and produced by Brian Bourne and Ryan Goble. Intro and outro music provided by Lost in a Name. All of the copyrights to the respective authors. You can find us on Twitter at Sweet12 and on Facebook at Sweet12 Podcast. Download this and previous episodes on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening.